Hey folks, it's Cody Stoffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show. What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I'm the other one, Cody Stoffer. And we got a heck of an episode today. Ain't that right, Coach V? Yes, we have a great episode. It is episode 226. We are recording this on January 3rd, 2023. Happy New Year's. All of that great stuff, by the way. Uh, this is the first episode of the new year that we are both recording and releasing, I want to say. Yeah, it had to have been because our last one was uh, released on, well, last Friday, the 30th, which is our Edge Rushers episode. But on this episode, we are continuing that series, which is our top five seniors um, at every position list here. The last couple weeks we've been doing this uh we've done edge rushers so far we've done safeties tight ends linebackers on today's episode we got a fun one we got receivers got a bunch of playmakers here in the class of 2023 arguably the greatest wide receiver class in colorado high school football history cody do you agree with that statement uh we'll talk about why later though no, I absolutely agree. I mean, you look at the numbers, and it's there. We're going to talk about the skill, and it's there. And, I mean, just looking at the chopping block for this list, you know, the the next five on this chopping block could have been a top five in other years. Uh, I mean, you look at e- even uh, last year, you know, wasn't necessarily the strongest class, um, but, you know, still had some studs in it. But this this year was just so loaded at the senior class level. And I mean, all of these guys had time as juniors and even as sophomores and some of them even going back to their freshman year, were getting varsity snaps. So this was a long time in the making. Yes, absolutely. And a lot of these guys are athletes that we have watched since at least their sophomore year. So we've known about them for a minute here, but Let's go ahead and talk about our process here when ranking our top fives and who makes it and, um, you know, who our honorable mentions are and whatnot. So basically, we have 10 categories where we give players a grade. Here, one sec. Excuse me. Sorry about that. But we give players a grade 1 through 10. And this is kind of how that works here. So if they get a grade anywhere from one to three that means that skill obviously needs improvement uh definitely should be a priority for them to work on i don't think any of these players have that grade so let's move on now if we give them a grade four to six in any of these categories it's about an average skill you know average at best but maybe a little bit below average at times will suffice for the time being but will need to be improved on here in the near future 
if we give them a grade anywhere from 7 to 8, that's about above average to good. Uh, think about it being comparable to a skill level of a 2-star or 3-star type of guy here. So definitely above average to good. Not exactly a liability in their game, but something that could definitely be worked on. Now, if we give them a grade anywhere from 8 to 9, now there's a lot of nuance here, especially in this range here, but that's good to great. That's comparable to a 3-star to 4-star level talent here, skill-wise and all that great stuff. Um, this is definitely a thing that they're consistently good at, and is what makes them a next level type of guy. And then if we give them a grade anywhere from 9 to 10, that means that's a very good to elite comparable to 4 star and 5 star talents, at least in that category. Now, just because we give them a 9 or 10 in, you know, one category doesn't necessarily mean we think that they are a 4 star. We just think they are a 4 star or 5 star level at that specific skill or category so let's talk about the categories real quick here so we have 10 it's route running hand slash ball skills separation slash release speed elusiveness agility uh sorry elusive elusiveness and agility is one category um as you could probably tell then there's route tree verticality verticality slash jump ball skills uh, body control and then field awareness slash vision and then blocking is our last category so as you can see a couple of these are combined together we will explain it as we go our reasonings behind our grades we looked at like seriously looked at around i want to say 15 ish to 20 ish receivers right cody uh, and we graded most of them and so obviously we add all of those grades up and the highest grades obviously get a higher position here and so that's just kind of how all of that works here and it was pretty close especially kind of near the bottom of this list there are like four or five players uh that were kind of pooling together so yeah there you go there cody is there anything i missed slash anything you want to comment on before we hop into this thing yeah, I just want to reiterate, too, that, you know, Coach V and I both go through these grades. We both have our individual grades of these prospects. And then the average is how we were able to separate. Because, I mean, this is the closest between, like, five and... Between five and eight, technically, there is less than two points of a difference. Less than two points of a difference... From the 5th best senior receiver to the 8th best senior receiver, which is unheard of. And we didn't even do the averages for players past that. And I bet that number 9 is within 2 points potentially. And even number 10 is probably within 3 to 4 points. So this is a very, very tight race. Uh, even up here at the top, you know, the average is decided by less than a single point. So this nitty gritty getting into these decimal points, you know the 7.5s or the 8.6s every play and every rep matters i think is something that not only us doing media work can talk about and us pros you know looking at prospects and scouting but i think that that's a good reflection on you know guys who do get offers versus maybe guys who don't get offers is you know scouts will look and they will go down to the smallest category and it's like well how much better does this guy do this specific thing or how many times do they 
you know, catch the ball, but maybe catch it with a chest or, you know, bobble it a little bit. And how does that impact, you know, our final standings here? And, you know, I, for Coach V and myself, every single play mattered, both in highlight reels as well as in person where we were able to watch basically all these guys amongst the podcast. We watched all of these guys throughout the year, including the majority of the honorable mentions as well, which I think is worth noting that we, you know, we knew that this class was going to be talented and we knew that we were going to have to see these guys IRL and that it was going to have some major implications down the road, watching through game films and, you know, seeing every little thing that they do and keeping that in mind while watching through these highlight reels and coming up with these numbers and you know it those every single play matters when you're trying to play on the next level and when you're getting scouted by us as well so just remember that never take any plays off yes no absolutely i almost forgot about the average part so it's not just grades uh from myself or cody we grade it individually and then average those grades but yeah uh i mean all these players i think the majority of these players we've seen twice in person or at least once in person but i think a lot of these guys uh at least in the higher ranks we've seen twice against some of the best defenses that they may ever see uh well on the high school level so there you go so we really put in a lot of work uh obviously looked at highlight reels we looked at full games we were at games you know we did a lot of research on this one and so if you disagree then fine disagree but then go ahead and do you know have a process similar to ours and see what happens right uh at least try to do that but people are going to disagree and that's fine and so with that being said cody do you want to go ahead and talk about our number five receiver here in the class of 2023 in colorado yeah and like i said the gap between five to even eight or nine not that big every single play matters and you know i actually got to see this guy a couple of times this year he had a very solid season and that is Erie's very own caden lettuce here who is actually committed to southern utah and so i'm gonna run through these categories really quick here and then you know talk about the specifics of it the analysis of it and you know the highs and the lows so Going from top to bottom here, route running, 6.7, hands slash ball skills, 7.7, separation slash release, 7.6, speed, 8.3, elusiveness slash agility, 8.4, route tree, 7.6, verticality slash jump ball, 8.5, body control, 8.8, field awareness slash vision, 8.6, and blocking, 7.8, for a nice solid 80 here. So my overall synopsis was Lettuce may be the most physical presence in this receiver class uh, who is incredibly hard to bring down and is a constant jump ball threat. He routinely makes stellar snags, but also has bobbled and caught with his body a couple more times than desired. He's quick off the line, but most importantly, improvises very well with his scrambler quarterback. And so, you know, on that, I kind of touch on some of these things. We'll start with the strengths here. Look. Body control is his highest rated at an 8.8. And I think that a huge part of that is, you know, you watch a lot of these other receivers and, you know, they, I mean, all these guys catch screen passes at some point in their film. It's a part of being a receiver. What can you do with the ball in your hands? And Caden Lettuce just constantly can't be tackled. Whether he's pushing someone's face mask into the dirt, whether 
I mean, there's one pass where he jumps up for a ball, you know, with his, that verticality slash jump ball ability at an 8-5, and he snags this ball out of the air. I can, like, feel the air leaving his lungs as he's reaching super high up for this. And as soon as he catches it, he gets popped. But then he's backpedaling with, like, four dudes trying to tackle him. And it's not until a fifth gets there that he even starts to go down, right? So the balance that he has, some of the ways that he has to make catches as far as like contorting and coming back to the ball or like throwing his body completely horizontal is very, very impressive. And, you know, he just has a really big catch radius. And I want to shout out, you know, his body control for that. I think that, you know, both his catch radius and his, you know, ability to stay on his feet are reflected in body control. Not to mention, he's very solid around the sideline, which you know, kind of some of these overlap in some ways. We've talked about that before. And so, you know, field awareness slash vision. Part of that is definitely, you know, he drags his toes. You know, he gets his feet in bounds. He's very good at, you know, he can even catch, you know, with his feet in bounds. And the ball itself is, you know, in the white of the out of bounds, you know, making those reaching grabs here. And, you know, for the other part of field awareness slash vision that I think is just so strong for Caden is that he does play with Blake Barnett who is, you know, at his best when he's improvising. When he breaks out of the pocket, when he starts running around, that is when he makes the big throws. That is when he, you know, finds that open guy. And Caden Lettuce is on the receiving end of that the majority of the time. He does a great job, you know, chemistry-wise working with Barnett. But I think more importantly, he does an even better job of finding the pockets in the defense where, you know, he can make those plays. He does a good job of coming back to his quarterback if he finds it necessary, or he does a good job of sneaking behind that safety that got caught picking his nose a little bit and then getting a really big play out of that. You could see that, I'd say even more so, his junior year of film, uh, but that's not a skill that goes away. He exemplified that in, you know, in real life as well, you know, in that Ponderosa game where he had a very solid game. And, you know, where that body control came into mind where he shed like five tackles to score a touchdown in what was ultimately a huge momentum swinger for, you know, Erie to advance past that round and, you know, pull off the upset. So, Caden Lettuce, just very dangerous, physical, offensive weapon here. But there are some things that he could definitely iron out. I think that he could be a more creative route runner. I think that, you know, he kind of lacks, you know, a bag or a whole bunch of moves here. And I'd say the same for his separation slash release. You know, separation slash release, it, it involves obviously getting off the line. How do you handle, you know, press? I'm not worried about him and press. You know, obviously this is still a 7.6. That is, you know, comparable to a two-star level talent. But he doesn't really have like a whole lot of head shakes. He doesn't have like... A huge stutter he doesn't have big sweeping sidesteps you see some of them on like slants in the goal line but i think that you know that's probably the easiest time to throw that in there because you don't have that far to go i look more at what are they doing to create separation on these in routes are they selling vertical really hard and then can they break and get flat and get horizontal or on these hitch routes is the defender still running five yards past them by the time they break down and turn around uh so i think that you know, just being able to get in and out of those breaks a little bit crisper would improve that separation category, would improve that route running category, and, uh, you know, just elevate his game as a player. And then, you know, something that I think is outside of his control is his route tree, 
was not as extensive as I'd hoped. It's actually the, the quote, lowest here in the top five out of 7.6. I mean, you know, there are, he does run a handful of routes, but he doesn't, the routes don't get to be completed the way that they need to be, I think is a fair way to say that. And I also think that, you know, there's just some throws like, you don't get to see a lot of corner routes out of Caden Lettuce. You don't get to see a lot of post-corner routes out of Caden Lettuce. And I think that that may be from some limitations of others, more so than himself. But uh, either way, I definitely think that as a route runner is probably where he has the most room to grow. Granted, there's still these are still solid scores, um, but it's probably where he can clean up, polish up, get a little bit more creative, and uh, improve. But other than that, I mean, obviously I had a lot of good to say. Blocking-wise, he does a good job of, you know, keeping his chest over his knees, staying square, driving on his blocks, finishing his blocks. Uh, elusiveness slash agility, he has some pretty monster jukes in his film. Uh, Speed-wise, you know, he's he's plenty fast and he's got long strides. And, uh, you know, hand slash ball skills out of 7-7 here. This is kind of in the middle. Um, look, he has... There are some plays where it's like, oh my gosh, this guy has the strongest hands in the state. But there are also some plays, uh, he knows which one I'm talking about here, that Broomfield game, where I'm like, why are you bobbling this in the first place? And and he knew that. So, you know, uh, that, that happens not super often, but the fact that it happens is worth noting. And then sometimes he just lets the ball come in a little too close to his body uh, for my comfort. So, you know, get those hands out there. And, uh, you know, catch the ball the first go around and save save yourselves the heart attack. But regardless, Southern Utah is getting a good one here. Wouldn't you agree, Simon? Slash, what do your grades look like here? Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I think they are getting an absolute steal uh, with Caden Lettuce. They're getting a real quality receiver. So let me just go down the line. Talk about my grades here. So route running gave him an 8. Hands ball skills actually gave him an 8.7. I'll talk about that later, though. Separation slash release, 8.4. Speed, 8.7. Agility slash elusiveness, 8. Route tree, 7. Verticality, jump ball, 8.7. Body control, or wait a second. Yeah, body control, uh, 8.9. And then field awareness slash vision, 8.5. And blocking in 8.2. I graded him a little bit more generously here for an overall grade of 83.1. Still, though, probably a three-star prospect. I know he's not ranked, but he is a three-star prospect. Trust me, these are the grades here. Let's go ahead and talk about some of his highest grades here. Uh, so we have an 8.9. I gave that... Uh, to his body control and I think that's definitely one of his strongest skills here as a receiver one of his strongest uh, just I guess attributes as a receiver I mean look <laughs> not every football thrown to him is put exactly you know in the right place or is on time and so there are a couple of times where he definitely has to adjust to the football a bit you know and he does an excellent job doing that you see his body control on full display when he has to stop on a dime and adjust to a football or you know do what he has to do to catch a football that is definitely that makes him that's definitely something that makes him a special wide receiver out here just his ability to control his body really well and you know 
know, make those type of catches, those next level catches. On top of that, you know, after the catch, uh, I would say he's probably a little bit more of a possession receiver if I had to label him uh, what kind of receiver he is. I think he's a possession type of guy, and his body control really plays a role in that too because, you know, he can be pretty elusive and, you know, make guys miss and get first downs and move the chains, and so that's where all that comes in. The other thing that I really like about him um, with an 8.7 rating is his hands and ball skills. Look, I know there are times where he does bubble it. That's why this rating is not higher and whatnot but I think at his best he could make some excellent grabs here and is pretty reliable most of the time I would say and so I think at his peak you know his ball skills are really freaking good um but you know you gotta get consistent at it that's why this grade is not a little bit higher now just to talk about some other grades here that are kind of close I also gave him 8.74 speed. He runs like a 4.546, I believe. I believe it. And for someone to do that at his frame at 6'3", 185, that is big time. And then speaking of that frame, I think he uses it really well, which is why his verticality slash jump ball skills are rated at an 8.7. I mean, there are some receivers out there, um, not just in Colorado, just in general, that be 6'3", 6'4", but don't know how to be physical or box out. And they just don't quite have that dog in him. But Caden Lettuce, he does have, um, I mean, he has all those attributes. And he does a really good job of using his frame, boxing out dudes, going up and getting the ball, you know, not making it harder on the quarterback and whatnot, still getting good leverage and fighting uh, for that leverage. And so that's something I really like about Caden Lettuce. He's a big physical receiver here at 6'3", 185, pretty filled out too uh, at that 185 frame here. And that's really good. You know, he knows his strengths and he knows what kind of wide receiver he is. You know, he's not like, you know, he's not going to burn you deep all the time. He's not going to make like a million like fantastic flashy agility slash spin moves or whatever. I mean, this is a dude that's going to get the football. He's going to be physical. He's going to run into you. He's going to put your his hands on you. You know, that's what he's going to do. You know, and he's also somebody that's kind of tough to uh, press at the line as well because he is so big and strong and uses his frame well. Now, let's talk about some of the things he could definitely work on, some of his lower grades here. So, I actually gave him a 7 for route tree and an 8 for elusive slash agility. Uh, talking about route tree, though, I don't think that's necessarily his fault. I'm sure he can run all the routes in the route tree and whatnot, I think. The thing that kind of hurts him here is that situationally, you know, they don't get super creative with the route tree <laughs> uh, when it comes to Caden Lettuce. A lot of the time, you know, he's running routes that are kind of very long developing plays, uh, deep plays, slash mid-level type of plays. And so that's kind of where his range is. You know, you're not going to see a lot of short stuff there. Uh, and even then, some of those mid to deep range plays are, I mean, they're not like super crazy either and so like I said I feel like that is more of a situational thing when it comes to Caden Lettuce just in Erie's offense I mean they usually run the ball well you know whether it's with Barnett or whatever great running back they have there they always have a good line and so there's not a lot of opportunities for him to run a crazy route tree here and then even some of the short routes he runs I mean you have screens you have some slants but that's pretty much it and so I don't really blame it on him but also 
You just don't see a lot of it, and so that's kind of why that grade is lower here. Then we have elusiveness and agility at an 8. I also gave his route running an 8. I think his route running could probably be a little bit more crisp, uh, you know, just a little bit more crisp and whatnot. A little bit more, I guess, how should I say this? Um... You know, just more detail-oriented. I think there are some uh, routes he's running that are definitely rounded out and not as good as they probably could be. And so that's definitely something you could continue to work on. And then talking about elusiveness, agility, I think this is probably capped. I don't know how much more agile and elusive he can get here. I mean, if he works on his footwork speed and agility and all that great stuff, you know, you could definitely open it up and, you know, improve on that as you should. But playing on the next level, I don't know how much more this could really be improved on here. Uh, like I said, I don't think this is really part of his game either. I think he's a big, strong receiver and he has to go with that. Um, even if you have to sacrifice a little bit of your elusiveness and agility, doesn't matter if you could just run over somebody and get the yards you need. Yards are yards. So, yeah, but Cody, what do you think about my evaluation here uh, and all that great stuff? I mean, we see eye to eye on, on a lot of it, you know, and obviously, you know, the verticality and jump ball ability is something that really does pop. But, uh, you know, the route tree is something that is more out of his control. But look, at the end of the day, we both agree that body control is his best asset. And, you know, I think that's why th that's why he's looked at as such an investment and such a high upside player for Southern Utah, where I think he, I mean, having talked to him and, you know, his pops and whatnot, and, you know, his pops said that he was, you know, pretty hands off with, with Caden's, you know, decision making. And so... Caden really likes the fit with Southern Utah, and um, you know uh, I, I think that it's going to be a a, mat, a great match for both Southern Utah as well as Caden Lettuce. And Caden, you know, he'll get a chance to show off his stuff, and uh, I think that'll also be developed really, really well over there to address some of the things that he doesn't get to address as much. And you know, route tree is going to be something that's going to be really easy to to focus on and improve on uh, out there in uh, in Utah. Yeah, uh, absolutely agreed. I think Southern Utah is getting an absolute stud. I mean, you know, when you think about big-bodied receivers and, you know, um, I don't know here. Let me think of, like, an actual example here. Not just saying that. Like, if you think of a Michael Thomas type, right, and all those type of guys, you know, those guys around 6'3", over 200 pounds. I mean, coming out of high school, that's not always the case. And so, Caden, he's going to be able to go over to Southern Utah, put on some weight, you know, uh, while maintaining that athleticism, polish some things off. But this is definitely a guy who could contribute pretty quickly here. Uh, by the way, also a pretty good blocker. I know I didn't really talk about it too much, but as a blocker, I think he's one of the more uh, solid blocking wide receivers on this list and in the entire state, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, he uses his frame really well. You know, I can't stress that enough. You know, he definitely plays up to his frame and a little bit more, too. And that's what I really like about his game personally. You know, as somebody that's not 6'3", you know, that's what I love to see. So, <laughs> there you go there. But, uh, <laughs> Cody, is there anything else you want to talk about here? When it comes to Caden Lettuce and his game, uh, not 
not particularly. You know, I, I think it's just, you know, it, it was... The, the Ponderosa game went a really, really far away for me because I'm telling you, like, look, part of... Part of, you know, being a great player is making plays when it matters. And Caden did exactly that in what was such a crazy back and forth game. And, you know, his big play, you know, in the third quarter was a part of a 28 point quarter that inevitably led to Erie winning this game here. And uh, he did the most to to get that touchdown and, uh, you know, to show out here for for the Tigers on the road nonetheless um and so i think that and, and then after that it became very evident how focused they were on trying to bottle up Caden as a receiving threat so i think that 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 really had a high impact as far as in-game witnessing for you know in-game notes taking into account for this positional ranking and he's talking about the playoff game against Ponderosa, not the first yeah, the time playoff around. Yeah, playoff game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thank you for pointing that this out. 20, yeah, yeah, Here in this 2022 season as well. So, yeah, there you go. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he was a big part of that. Uh, also made some plays against Broomfield um, a second time around. I know, well, I watched him in that first Broomfield game, and that – wasn't a really a game that was his fault in my opinion that is just me uh, i'm not gonna point any fingers though and you know he did what he could but it is what it is now in the second broomfield game i know i did see a couple plays where you know he scored and got his and did his thing there which is good because that ended up being a classic as well and contributed to that game being as close as it was i mean he left it all on the line you know this is a hard-working kid uh that's gonna play his heart out and you know, obviously, with all these receivers, they're going to do that. But, you know, he had some pretty memorable performances that really elevated him into the spot, I would say. So, uh, yeah. But with that being said, Cody, can I talk about our number four receiver here in the class of 2023? Please do talk about this historic figure in Colorado football. Yes, a legendary figure even, but we have here at number four, Tucker Peterson out of Roosevelt High School here, the 6'3", 190-pound receiver, the only four-year starter on this list. Uh, on top of that, he is currently the leading receiver all-time in career touchdowns. Oh, sorry, career receiving touchdowns um, with over 50. I Sorry, I should have looked up what the number was specifically, but he's also the first receiver to ever hit 50 receiving touchdowns, um, surpassing the likes of Christian McCaffrey and obviously every other receiver, every receiver in Colorado high school football history. Uh, and, you know, he really did his thing. He did it over the span of four years. Keep in mind, one of those years was a COVID year. I believe that was his sophomore sophomore year. Yep, his sophomore year there. Um, and he's been rocking with us for a minute, by the way. So I'm just throwing that out there. And on top of that, in the four years that he played high school football, Every single season, he has had a different starting quarterback. He's the only receiver on this list. Uh, I, actually, I think all time that, you know, caught 
I want to say over 10 or so touchdowns uh, with a different quarterback every single season of his high school football career. Uh, four different quarterbacks over the four seasons that he did play. Historical, legendary, you know. I mean, he is that guy, and he's a really good dude as well. Just a, a very, very quality uh, young man out here, honestly. And so let's go ahead and talk about Tucker Peterson. Uh, I know I've raved about him just a little bit, but that's his resume. Let's talk about his game here because he's only rated at four. Um, but, you know, this is a stat class like Cody said earlier here. So just going down the line with these grades, gave him an 8.2 for route running, uh, hands ball skills, 9 separation release gave him an eight speed 8.4 elusiveness slash agility eight route tree 7.5 verticality and jump ball 9.2 body control 8.8 .8, uh field awareness slash vision 8.7 and blocking we gave him a whopping 8.5 he is the strongest blocker uh out of all the receivers on this list by far um and he does have a couple offers here but you know, let's go ahead uh, before we talk about all those offers and go in depth here with these grades here. Let me talk about his two highest grades, at least for me. I gave him a 9.2 for verticality and jump ball and then a 9 for hands and ball skills here. Look, his hands are probably the most reliable in the entire state here. Uh, I mean, he catches pretty much everything. I don't think I've ever been to a game where he has dropped a pass. I don't believe so. At least one that has been thrown I've his way. It. Yeah, I mean, he's extremely reliable there. Uh, I mean, and he just, he's very talented too. You know, just his hands and ball skills. I mean, he just has a knack for grabbing that football wherever it is you know no matter how many defenders are draped over him and just doing his thing he is mr reliable when it comes to catching the football which obviously is something you love to see at wide receiver but i would also say his jump ball skills is what makes him super special and that's partially because he really uses his frame well he's 6'3 190 he's kind of been at this frame for a couple of years now i don't think he was 6'3 6'2 as a freshman but he he was definitely bigger you know and so he has really gotten used to using his frame boxing out smaller receivers um or sorry boxing out smaller dbs that's what i meant and you know just dominating like physically dominating a dude and being able to catch anything over them um it could even be great coverage and he would just go up and get it you know we saw this multiple times or i saw this multiple times in person um let's i mean let's go back you know i guess I guess it wouldn't be in reverse order. I don't know. Let's just go back and talk about this real quick here. I want to talk about it. But let me go to the state championship game where he helped win Roosevelt, their first ever state uh, championship. The last play of that game that he made, the last play of his entire career, was an excellent interception where he, I mean, it wasn't a bad ball or anything it was like a 50 or 40 yard throw 
but he just made an excellent play jumping in front of the receiver at safety and just uh, bring in an, an, an absolute insane interception, you know, and so that's something that comes to mind when thinking about uh, his uh, ball skills and whatnot in general, just really soft hands there. Um, then going back even more here in this season against Northridge, there's an excellent deep ball play where he was basically... I want to say he was in one-on-one, -on -one, but the safety came over. He got great leverage, and he just went up and snagged a beautiful thrown bro. Of, I can't talk. Excuse me. A beautiful thrown ball from Bronco Hartson here for like a big 40 or 50-yard gain here. Just bodying the two DBs who had him sent. They had him sandwiched pretty well. I mean, they couldn't have played it any better, to be honest with you. And he just outpowered both of those guys and brought in an excellent catch there. And then going into his junior year, uh, or going back to his junior junior year, in that first game against Meade in the regular season, I always remember... You know, this Roosevelt offense was kind of struggling, but they drew up a great play where they had Tucker Peterson in one-on-one. -on -one. He was in the end zone. His quarterback at the time, Brock Saia, uh, Brock Saia he threw, uh, I mean, he just threw a jump ball, and he just bodied the DB. There was nothing he could do about it. He just went up there and got it and then stood over him afterwards after catching that football. Briefly, not for like a, you know, disrespectful amount of time, but you know, he did what he had to do to go get that football. And so, all of those moments that I saw in person definitely contribute to why, in my opinion, he is one of the best jump ball catchers in the entire state uh probably all time as well to be honest with you and why he has some of the most reliable hands of all time so there you go there those that's why those grades are rated here at nines uh, nines and up so just about four star five star talent there now let's go ahead and talk about some of his lower grades here uh route tree gave him a 7.5 uh, it could be more, you know, it could be more complicated. I don't think they ran a bunch of complicated stuff. I think a lot of it was just situationally, you know, Roosevelt didn't really ask him to run a bunch of complicated routes like Erie. Uh, like Erie, Roosevelt runs the football really well with whatever quarterback they have, with whatever running back they have. They do a really good job at that, you know, and so um, that wasn't really his job to run a crazy amount of routes. I mean, he was the jump ball, deep ball type of guy there, so I'm not really going to hold him to it, but you know, it's just something that doesn't really show up a ton on his film, and there's almost four years of film there, so it is what it is. Now, separation and release, and then elusiveness, agility, both at an 8. I mean, it's not bad by any means, obviously. He's still an 8. I think he's still at a low 3-star talent with all these things. I think elusiveness and agility, uh, I mean, he's kind of a bigger wide receiver. He's not going to like make a ton of dudes miss in a row, I would say. He could make a guy um, or two miss, but I don't think he can make a ton of people miss. Uh, so that's the difference there, in my opinion. On top of that, I mean, it's just not really his style. He's going to run over dudes, you know, or find a lane outside and just r run around them. You know, he has that athleticism, athleticism to do that, at least on this level. And so he just... He, that's what works to to his advantage. Now, separation and release here uh, weren't a lot of... I feel like there weren't a lot of DBs that really wanted to press him. 
Um, especially when you look at some of his upperclassmen film here. I think people started figuring out, like, hey, you know, he's going to throw you. He's going to throw you if he gets his hands on you. And on top of that, you know, he's an excellent blocker too. So if it's a run play and you're right up you know you're right up uh on top of him he's gonna put you into the ground and so maybe have a little bit of a cushion there and so i feel like there just wasn't a lot of opportunities for him to show that but on top of that as well i mean his separation could also be a little bit better uh i think he's a little bit capped here i don't know what much more he could work on here except for be uh, you know work on his explosiveness as a receiver probably that's probably something but on top of that i mean it is what it is. You know, I think as long as you continue to use your strength and whatnot as a receiver, uh, you know, you'll be fine. But because there's not a lot of variety to it, that's why it's kind of rated a little bit lower here. So there you go. I think Tucker Peterson, in my opinion, is really, I think, stylistically close to Caden Lettuce and whatnot. I mean, they have very similar frames here. Play for very similar football programs too, if you ask me, and whatnot, and and they're used very similarly as well. You know, uh, I think Tucker might be a little bit stronger though, and he leans on that strength a little bit more than Caden Lettuce does. I think Caden's a little bit more agile and quicker and all that great stuff. So, yeah, that is just my opinion though. But Cody. What do you think about my analysis? And also, what is your analysis of Tucker Peterson and his game? I mean, this is one of the greatest receivers of all time, if not the greatest Colorado high school football receiver of all time. Well, at the bare minimum, for the time being, catching the football-wise, he is the scoringest wide receiver in Colorado football history. I think that grand total is 51 at the end of this past season. And yeah, not only did he eclipse 50, but he, he got past 50 as well. Not only did he match 50, I should say, but he passed 50. And uh, yeah, in a COVID-shortened year. And that was the very first year that I ever watched his film. Shout out to, you know, requests and, um, you know, bringing our eyes towards, towards Tucker Peterson when I did his breakdown after that pandemic year. And I was like, wow, this guy is really good at jump balls. And I had no idea he was going to get that much better at them. Um, I think one of the things that I even talked about was improving the timing on him. And boy, does he time his jumps so, so well. And is he just, you know, like the jump ball threat in the state of Colorado? I gave his verticality slash jump ball a nine. And the only category that eclipsed it was hands slash ball skills. Look. When you are responsible for over 50 touchdowns, yeah, you're you're pretty good at catching the football. And the crazy thing is, you know, over the course of his career, he didn't even get to 150 receptions. So that basically means every three catches, this dude was catching a touchdown, which... Oh my God. With four different quarterbacks. With, with four different quarterbacks. Basically, every third time he caught the football, it was a touchdown. So that's just... Oh my gosh. And the crazy thing to think here too is, you know, watching through his film, he was asked to do way more on defense this past senior, this past season, his senior season, where, you know, he shaped into a really solid safety. By the way, just going to throw that out there, that uh, he really held it down on that Rough Rider defense and made a lot of plays, especially as somebody who can just, you know, bait quarterbacks and then catch anything within his radius that is quite large uh, as far as catchable footballs go. And, um, 
no, even despite all that, he was still able to produce at a historic rate. He was still an absolute mismatch. And, I mean, his hands, he's like Spider-Man, dude, with how well he can jump up, contort his body, moss people, catch passes behind him. They're just really sticky and, um, you know, cut, very consistent, very reliable. And, uh, you know, he has bailed out, you know, he's bailed out quarterbacks uh, his entire career with that frame, with that leap, and, uh, you know, with that physicality. And so I think that, you know, I completely agree with Simon on all of those fronts, you know, as far as having very reliable hands and very, very solid verticality such jump ball. Those were, you know, Coach V's two highest categories, and they're my two highest categories. So as far as, you know, that question that you asked, how do I relate to, to your grading here? It's so far the same here. And, you know, continuing on that, you know, body control, you also have rated really high. And body control is my third highest rated here at an 8.9. He can contort. He can get, I mean, there's one play where he caught a fade route in the back corner of the end zone. And I mean, his entire body is out of bounds, but he just taps, you know, just that right foot and boom, there you go. That's one of 51 touchdowns. So, you know, he's great by the boundary. He's great at, you know, staying up as well. He is incredibly hard to bring down. And I mean, there's cornerbacks that have literally bounced off of Tucker without him lowering a shoulder. And there are corners who bounced off of him when he did lower his shoulder. So he's just a bruising force at the pass catching position. And that physicality is reflected. You know, this isn't one of his best categories. Well, this isn't in his top three categories, I should say. But he is the best blocker on this list at an 8.7. He's somebody who live I've witnessed, you know, line up at fullback and tight end when he's asked to block. And that makes him even more dangerous. And then he runs routes from that tight end position and he scores touchdowns that way as well. So he has versatility. He reads the field very well. And, you know, his field awareness slash vision I have rated at an 8.8. Very, very high. Partially in due to that reason that he's able to see it from a variety of angles. He's done his job, you know, as far as returning and whatnot. I mean, over the course of his career, he has, shoot, probably close to a thousand return yards, I want to say. And, um, you know, by the time he was in his senior year, this guy never left the field uh, because he was punting the ball. He was kicking the ball on kickoffs. And, you know, he's somebody who, as a junior, had, you know, he was our 3A MVP for the 2021 season, sorry, we're just in 2023, so I'm still trying to adjust, but he was our 3A MVP because he scored 21 touchdowns by returning interceptions, by returning puns, by returning kickoffs, by rushing for touchdowns, by catching touchdowns. And so, you know, being just like such a versatile threat in that way is, you know, I think that allows you to see the field just very, very differently than most football players will ever see a field. And uh, I think that's something very important to note for Peterson's historic case as, as one of the best players in, you know, not, not only as a receiver, but in Colorado football history. But talking about him as a prospect, uh, he is overlooked, but there are some areas of improvement here. His separation slash release is his lowest category for me. I was pretty harsh on him here because I was being pretty nitpicky in uh, some of these categories here. And I gave him a seven and... You know, it's great, and Coach V even said it. He plays to his strengths, right? So he doesn't mind doing jump ball situations, but 
not every go route has to be a struggle is kind of, you know, my opinion on this. And then, you know, I think that it suffers a little bit from his route tree not being super diverse. You know, his route tree I had at a 7-7. Seven, seven. Um, so you don't just get to see him create as much separation on, you know, more in routes or, you know, hard hitches or comebacks where, you know, that separation is very, very important. And, you know, I just more times than not, he does have to make a tough catch. And so that's why his separation struggles. He doesn't have a variety of releases. Um, I do think that if anyone ever tried to press him, he would literally just run them over. But, you know, as far as he doesn't throw a lot of head nods in there, and I get it, you know, that's Johnstown football. That's rough rider football, right? It's tough. It's rugged. It's physical. But you're allowed to throw in, you know, a head shake, a stutter step, or, you know, just spice things up a little bit to create better separation to improve route running that I have rated at a 7.3. And... You know, I just think that footwork in general is something that could be a huge focus for Tucker Peterson. You know, his elusiveness slash agility, I have rated at a 7.6. There are times where he does make some pretty nice jukes. But, you know, I think that really his potential as an athlete, he's somebody who, you know, if he could have like a like a spin move or something along those lines, because he sees the field very well. You see this on punts, you see this on kicks, you see this on screens. But... If he has more than just a stiff arm or just a truck or, you know, a little hem-hem, if he could really get some deep jukes or some big cuts or some more precise cuts, I should say, like a really quick, like, you know, a katana strike of of a agile move, that would go a significant way in making him unguardable, honestly. Um, and because, I mean, it's just like, don't, you don't want your DBs in a jump ball situation with Tucker Peterson. I don't care if you're bracketing him and his quarterbacks don't either because he's caught in double coverage. He's caught in triple coverage. I've seen it. He's caught in triple coverage, just being blanketed. People are literally pulling him down, but he's just so powerful in the legs and verticality wise. He can still make that catch, but it'd be nicer if he didn't have to make that struggle all the time. And so looking through all my categories here, 7-3 route running, 9.1 handball skills, 7 in separation slash release, 8 speed, 7-6 seven, elusiveness, 7-7 seven, seven route tree. Uh, just, you know, you don't really get to see him run a lot of like corner routes or post corner routes or comebacks or anything like that. So, you know, that's something that always hurts the route tree just a little bit here. Um, continuing on, 9 in body in verticality, 8.9 in body control, 8.8 in field awareness slash vision, and 8.7 in blocking. And overall, you have an 82.1 from myself. And you combine that with Coach V's 84.3. And you have Tucker Peterson, the prospect, at an 83.2 overall grade. Coach V, we had a lot of the same points to agree on. And, you know, at the end of the day, our, our grades remain fairly consistent here. What is your thoughts on the overall grade of Tucker Peterson at 83.2? And... Why is this guy getting overlooked here? Well, first things first, I'm pretty confident in this evaluation. This is a player that we have seen plenty of. I, we've went to the most of his games, at least uh, out of all the receivers on this list here. And he has the most film. He does have the most film. Actually, yeah. So out of all the receivers on this list, I've actually went to his games the most over the last couple of years here. I mean, he knows what kind of receiver he is. He's a strong receiver with great hands and great ball skills. 
You know, this is a guy that, you know, I mean, these skills are going to translate to the next level. He's not going to stop being 6'3 or 6'2 and dominating dudes because, like I said, there are plenty of situations where, you know, the defenders are playing great defense on, bro, but he's just a better football player. That's just what it is at the end of the day. Uh, now, there are definitely things he could, you know, work on and continue to improve on. I think, uh, you know, <laughs> as the years went on, he really just wanted to, you know, he was focused on winning. He wanted to win a ring, right? He wanted to win a chip. He wanted to leave, like, a permanent legacy here with Roosevelt. And I think that was the bigger focus, hence why he played a lot more defense. Not that he, you know, dropped off and didn't play as much defense in last in the uh you know last couple years because i believe at least three of his four years uh he was also a starter on defense as well you know so he's been doing that the role just kind of i mean if it's in flux because obviously you want your best uh player at receiver as well or your best receiver out there i guess and so it is what it is but i think moving forward you know if he does uh just you know, gets to focus on playing one position, he'll be able to work on these things because he is a pretty hard worker, you know. And now, in terms of the offers he has, it's not great, and I don't really know why. I think this is a kid that's real deserving, first off. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the personal stuff later, but just straight up, I mean, he's the all-time leading receiver in Colorado high school football history for a reason, and even if that record gets broken what are the chances that the next guy will be able to break that record with four different quarterbacks a different quarterback every single season you know and on top of that tucker also played during a covid year which you know including playoffs some might say offsets all that stuff and whatnot but still though you know um, so statistically he's up there and there's a reason why he's up there. It's because he has some of the greatest hands in high school football history, uh, Colorado high school football history. And so for him to only have offers from here, let me pull up the list here from Western Shadron. Uh, he has a preferred walk on to CSU and I think most recently, an offer from Black Hill State is definitely blasphemous, in my opinion. Um, nothing against those programs at all, but this is definitely a kid who I could see playing on the FCS level, at least. I think realistically, the FCS level, honestly. You know, I think this is somebody that could play on that level and compete and be a day one starter. He'll play special teams. He'll do, you know, he'll do whatever you ask him to because he's honestly just a great football player in general. He's probably one of the greatest football players in Colorado high school football history, period. You know, not even just talking about receiver because he does a lot of other things. Like we said, he's a pretty good defender as well. So you could put him at safety and he'll do his thing. Um, I mean, Obviously, he won his team, uh, the state championship at safety when it came down to it. So there you go there. Uh, you could put him on special teams and he would do his thing there. I mean, this isn't a guy that's afraid of being physical at all. You know, this is a football player at the end of the day. And so, you know, even if there are some things a receiver that you don't like right now, first off, you could improve on that and actually coach and, you know, it'll get polished. Trust and believe that because his work ethic is unmatched. And then second off, he could still contribute to the team in other ways. 
you know, and so whatever team that's going to get Tucker Peterson is getting an absolute steal, I would say so. Um, look, I'm just going to be honest. I'm looking at Northern Colorado. You got to offer him, man. Like, don't prefer Walcott. You got to offer him. CSU should have offered him, in my opinion. You know, you got to offer him, give him a full ride. He's going to go to work for you. He's going to be good for the locker room. I mean, I'm going to get into the personal stuff now. And Cody, you could, um, you know, feel free to agree with this later and whatnot. But Tucker Peterson's also a great guy. I don't think there's anybody. Mm, yeah, I don't think there's anybody that we've covered or will cover in this uh, senior um, series that has done as much for his community as Tucker Peterson, you know, and he's not going to brag about it or anything like that, that's just not like his style at all, he's a real humble dude in, in general, a real team player, I would say, as much of a team player as you could hope for, but this is a guy that will literally go to birthday parties for kids and like stay and sign autographs and take pictures and do all the extra stuff and he, it's not just this, he's been doing it for years, and years, and years, and then, I mean, the patience doesn't run thin with this one here, he does a lot for his community, um, he's great with fans and whatnot, I mean, he really handles himself as a pro, you know, he has that mentality and that thing about him already, you know, and the talent's there, obviously, but just as a person off the field, you don't really have to worry about bro at all. In fact, he's going to positively impact your community and do things for your community and for your locker room and be a great teammate. Do all the little things that ultimately as coaches, as football coaches matter, you know, because, you know, it's easier to have a guy that's real nice, that gets along with everyone, that's super polite, that's going to work hard, that's going to set the tone, than a guy that's, you know, talented, but he's a diva. He's an issue. He's somebody that, to be honest, you probably got to send a coach with him uh, following him around campus, and I'm just throwing that out there, you know. And with Tucker, you're just not going to have all that. He's going to hold his guys accountable, and he has championship DNA. And, you know, it's been a real... I mean, it's been real special being able to cover him and talk to him. Uh, obviously, I was there personally when he won that first state championship. Uh, you know, we had some uh, words and whatnot on that field. And, you know, I told him I was super proud of him. It's been an absolute honor. And, you know, he I mean, he was just a real great guy about it. And so, yeah, I mean, honestly, Tucker Peterson, he's one of the best dudes that I know, period. And he's a next level guy. He handles himself as a pro. Been doing it, you know. Not just this year. He's been doing it. So, there you go. Cody, what do you guys say about all that? Yeah, what do you guys say about all that? <laughs> you got me tearing up in the studio here a little bit, man. Because, I mean, he's just... I mean, he's always been a great guy, but he has really come a long way uh, from that sophomore that I evaluated and from that young man that I met. I, I met Tucker Peterson during his junior year in the game against Fort Morgan in Fort Morgan, which he delivered in that game. And for those who are on the outside and, and don't know, don't know the lore or you're, you're too good. You're too good to pay attention to three, a football um, Fort Morgan and Roosevelt is one of the biggest rivalries in the state of Colorado. And at this time, Fort Morgan, you know, during their state championship year, 
had a loaded roster with great talent, spare, spearheaded by uh, Frank Ortega and Briggs Wheatley. And this was this was as good as football gets. I mean, a 14-7, to just absolute boxing match here. And, uh, you know, getting to meet Tucker Peterson and him being like, you know, that feedback really helped me. And, you know, his dad was excited. He was like, oh, my gosh, like, you really broke down, like, Tucker's film. And they were so surprised. Um, and that meant a lot to me. Um, and, and so to see Tucker's journey and to see him grow as a player and as a guy, as a man, and, you know, everything that he got to accomplish, I was really, really happy. Obviously, sad that I couldn't see him uh, put the uh, rose petal on that state championship and whatnot. But, uh, you know, lived vicariously through Coach V. Uh, the V in Coach V stands for vicariously. No, I'm just playing. But, um, you know, Tucker, he, I mean, he's he's a folk hero. He is a Johnstown folk hero. And, uh, you know, his his legacy goes so beyond the gridiron. And, you know, he's, he's a good student. And, um, you know, I it's appalling. Like, CSU needs to quit messing around, in my opinion. And change that PWO to an offer. Um, they they've been doing that to Johnstown guys the past couple of years of doing PWOs and whatnot. But Tucker is he he's different, and so you got to offer this guy, and he's going to be so good. He's a glue guy. He's really a glue guy in the locker room, and uh, he's somebody who's going to make everyone else work harder. You know, a because if the corners don't bring it, they're going to get dunked on, and they're going to get mossed and whatnot. But, uh, you know, he's somebody that's going to elevate an entire program, especially being the yes coach kind of guy that he is and the quick learner that he is as well. And just being a student of the game as well as a supreme athlete, uh, vertically speaking, he he's done a lot for for this Roosevelt program, brought them their first state title, was a part of that and a part of the growth to get there. And so, you know, Tucker, I mean, he's number four here on this top five wide receiver list of the senior class. But uh, number one in our hearts, really, really. Yeah, so that's nothing personal against the other guys who we know pretty well uh, as well. But yeah, no, Tucker Peterson. And look, he's at number four. So stop. You know, I already know there's some like 5A fool out there being like, oh, stop writing Tucker Peterson. It's You make it personal. No, bro, it's personal. It's football. That's what it is. And he's at four, so you could chill out. And so we'll talk about him a little bit more here, to be honest with you. Uh, because here's the thing. Tucker Peterson, in all the years that we have covered Colorado high school football, which, you know, I guess it's technically only two years up until this point. Um, because I don't count the COVID year, not really, because we weren't able to go to games in person. But in the last couple of years that we've been able to cover Colorado high school football, and probably even moving forward, Tucker Peterson has had the most clutch plays. He has the most, I guess, tide turning plays, emotional plays. I mean, it's memorable when you go watch Roosevelt and this Tucker Peterson team, uh, led team, Tucker Peterson era team. You know, there was always a special moment that happened when you needed a play, when you needed someone to close, when you needed a touchdown, when you needed a first down, when you needed whatever you knew you could rely on Tucker Peterson. He was the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron, 
all of it put in one for this squad. And honestly, in Colorado high school football history, when it comes down to it, he was probably one of the most clutch players of all time. Uh, looking back at now, you know, I'm sure people are going to be like, ah, it's blasphemous or whatever. Fine, let it be blasphemous, but show me the records of those games. Show me people who covered those games and, you know, got to witness other players consistently being clutch. You know, we talked about all the moments where he came through for his, for his team uh, here on this segment. And I think that really shows what kind of player he is. He's a clutch football player that's going to come through when you need it. Um, and, you know, we are probably going to do this someday. But we'll probably have a Playmakers Corner Hall of Fame. And Tucker Peterson will be first ballot. Simple as that. Right, Cody? Yeah, no, I think he's he's right up there. You know, you think of the other guy that we talked about or brought floated this Hall of Fame idea out there for was uh, Ty. And you look at the similarities of both these players being ballers on the field, leading their teams to great success, having, you know, tons of playing time, but also being community stalwarts and, you know, being role models. And I, I think that's really important because Playmaker is and on the on and off the field kind of thing. And look, if you have off field issues, it's going to be harder to recruit you. It really is. Like I don't have to worry about you know Ty or Tucker showing up to their classes, showing up to practice. Like I don't have to worry about that as a recruiter. So I think that's something to keep in mind uh, when when recruiting Tucker Peterson. And we gotta get we gotta get people on the phone for this guy because he really is next level. Um, yes, and he wouldn't like the thing about him is that he's a real humble dude. Like, whenever we talk to him, and it's not an act, because I feel like we've talked to him enough where we would we could probably tell if it was an act. Uh, and on top of that, other people, including his coaches and people in the community, tell us it's not an act. But I really feel like he would not say a lot of the things <laughs> that we're saying about him to other people and really brag on his success like that, because he's a humble guy. You know, he's a team player, and the team's always going to come first. He's going to do uh, what needs to be done for the team. You know, don't ever forget that. And I think, you know, I think college has got to realize that this is definitely a diamond in the rough here. Not really even in the rough. He's just not getting the looks that he deserves right now. But I guarantee you, once he steps on that football field, once he steps into that locker room, he's going to be a game changer for sure. So, um... Yeah, I think that's uh, that's enough about Tucker Peterson. Uh, don't you agree, Cody? Sure. <laughs> I mean, unless you have something to add on, uh, unless you no. have something to add on, but go ahead and add it on, and then we could get to our uh, number three receiver here. Yeah, no, no. I we we've we've said plenty. If you don't get the message by this point, um, you, you got bricks for brains. So um, or just aren't listening. But uh. You know, I think that it is fair for us to transition to our number three guy here out of Fossil Ridge High School, Trek Keyworth, one of the most precise route runners, if not the most precise route runner in this class. Let's go ahead and talk about him here. So Trek Keyworth, he is, at least in my grades here, the most creative route runner on this list. He has a plethora of releases, head nods, stutters, and an extensive route tree that allows him to be one of the most reliable targets in the state. He's incredibly smart, and, you know, he's he's able to, to make some contested catches, and uh, he's also very cognizant 
of the field. So let's talk about it here. Look, starting off, we're going to talk about his best category here. Route running, 9.1. Hands slash ball skills, 8.4. Separation slash release, 8.9. The highest on this list. Then continuing on speed, 8.1. Elusiveness slash agility, 6.6. Route tree, 8.8. Verticality slash jump ball, 7.9. Body control, 8.3. Field awareness slash vision, 8.6. And blocking, 7.5. So, Trek Keyworth here. He's somebody who was, you know, we were keeping an eye on him from last season here. You know, as a junior, he obviously saw some solid time. And uh, he improved in every single category, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. And that's with his starting quarterback missing a pretty decent amount of time this regular season here. And so what what allowed him to be effective, right? What allowed him to, to increase all these numbers and to be our number three receiver here? Well, look, route running wise, I literally did not see a single other receiver have as, you know, much footwork going for him he was able to flip defenders hips he had them spinning around because they were so lost i mean i haven't seen a route runner quite to this degree um since chase penry probably and even then i think that trek was doing a little bit more because you know his his head nods whether he was selling out to in or into out constantly got people or you know he was really good at speeding up taking like a, a slow motion kind of step and pop and explode out of that for you know his verticality and the crazy thing to me is that despite running you know I, I mean don't get me wrong his route tree is very extensive and I'll get into that in a second but I think a great testament to his route running and his separation slash release is no two go routes looked the same no two post routes looked the same there's something, you know, seemingly minuscule that he's doing differently from time to time. And that is buying him these big chunks of yards. That is buying him these receptions. That is buying him, you know, this impact in the game that he had. And, you know, I look at his releases. He was able to get off of press in a variety of ways. And, yeah, just the amount of ways that he was able to get open was, was spectacular. Nothing short of spectacular. Then you go into his route tree. No one runs a post corner the way that Trek Keyworth does, mainly because a lot of receivers don't run a post corner. It's hard enough to find corner routes out of receivers. Granted, this class was a little bit different, but I mean, in past classes, you know, this, this guy has literally done everything. He has an out route, but he also has a speed out. He has a deep comeback. He has a back shoulder, he has a fade route, he has a curl, he has a hitch, he has an in, he has it all. And, uh, you know, especially spot routes too, he was really proficient at running those and finding the open spots of the field, selling other routes, and then transitioning into those, you know, the routes that he's actually running was a, a huge reason why his separation slash release is the highest here. Very rarely was a defender within a single yard of Trek when he made a catch. And I think that's just a huge testament to his route running and his capabilities there. Now, looking at some other things, field awareness slash vision, 
that's another part of this route running, I'd say, is just finding those open pockets, very proficient at, you know, running those spot routes on screens. He was able to navigate the field really well. He understands the field dimensions spectacularly as he was able to make some solid sideline grabs here. And, you know, I think of his game-winning touchdown reception early in the season where the defender was literally spun around because he sold the end so well. And it just looked so easy for Trek as, you know, he caught the game-winning TD from Tyler Kubot there. I might have even named him Playmaker of the Week that week because of that play. It's a long season, so if I'm mistaken on that, pardon me. But, uh, you know, I got to see him live against uh, Arvada West with a backup quarterback where he wasn't able to showcase, you know, his receiving end so much, but he was able to step up as a blocker. And, you know, even though blocking is his, quote, lowest category, it's still rated at a 7.5, which is plenty fine. He does a good job technique-wise most of the time. He drives his legs very, very well. Sometimes ends up a little bit out of position, but, you know, blocking on an island like that is difficult, and I will acknowledge that. So, you know, I don't really, I'm not really going to hold him for that, and he stepped up when he needed to. You know, that backup quarterback, Colton Pollock, he's more of a runner-first kind of guy, and so, you know, the opportunities he was able to provide blocking people downfield did help Fossil Ridge not only win this game, but demolish um, the Wildcats out there in Arvada. But I digress a little bit here, just talking about things that he does well, body control. He's able to make toe-tapping catches and whatnot and can be a little bit hard to bring down. He can shrug off some tackles as well, despite being one of, you know, not the lightest guy, but, you know, one of the second lightest guy on this list here. So I think that those are important to notch. And then hand slash ball skills, he adjusts to the ball spectacularly. I think that as far as mid-air adjustments and being able to move his body in turn with that body control, but being able to adapt to the ball very well without looking foolish or off center or anything like that is integral and, you know, might even be worth an 8.6 upon further thought. But anyways, things that Trek can do better, in my opinion, I already kind of talked about his blocking a little bit. This one is really nitpicky. Verticality slash jump ball wise, I just don't feel that the sample size was necessarily there because he has so much separation when making catches. Now, I still have it rated at a 7.9. I still know that he can do it. I just wanted to see a little bit more volume. And as far as contested catches go, you know, he does a great job of doing that and, uh, you know, catching in traffic and whatnot, which definitely plays a role in here. And I think might even make it worth an eight. But I, I just, the volume wasn't quite there for me. And then elusiveness slash agility is his lowest rated category here at a 6.6. Look, it's not like he has concrete for feet or anything, but he doesn't do anything once the ball's in his hands that just, wow, like, these other guys have one play where, you know, they just really get defenders dancing. And I just don't really see that as much throughout Trek Keyworth's film here, where he's spinning people around with the ball in his hands. Uh, you know, he saves that for getting open more so. But uh, regardless, you add all that up and, you know, Trek here is sitting at an 82.5 here. Coach V, we got some similarities. We got some differences here. What is your synopsis slash evaluation of the prospect Trek Keyworth? 
Yeah, so we definitely have some similarities and some differences, but I think a lot of it is because of how we grade. It doesn't matter because for both of us, he was still the third best receiver um, at the end of the day. That's how we graded out for both of us, not just the average. But uh, let me just go down the line and talk about grades, though. Route running, 8.4. Hands, uh, ball skills, 9. Separation release, 8.7. Speed, 8.6. Lusiveness slash agility, 8.4. Route tree, 9. Verticality, jump ball skills, 9.3. I gave him that. Body control, 8.6. Field awareness, 8.5. And then I gave him a 7 for blocking. For an overall grade of 85.4 for the 6'2", 175-pound receiver out of Fossil Ridge, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, let's talk about his higher grades here. So I gave him a 9 and 9.3 for ball skills and jump ball um, slash verticality. Look, I think... One of the things I really like about Trek here is that he has extremely strong hands. Like, he squeezes that thing uh, really hard, and he brings in some very tough catches, especially contested catches, and he goes up and gets it, you know? And so that's why I rated him so high there. Uh, I just feel like he has very strong hands here, uh, some of the strongest hands that you will probably ever see. Um, on top of that, you know, I do want to mention this. I think he's a very well-rounded athlete, a very explosive athlete as well. And so his next highest grade is actually an 8.7 for separation slash release here. Uh, he gets vertical real quick. I mean, he sells those routes real quick and whatnot. I mean, his first couple steps are extremely explosive and quick here. And so I kind of put all those grades into separation and release instead of route running, which when Cody and I talked, you know, he put that into route running, uh, which is why his route running grade is really high for Cody. But that's just how I graded it. I mean, I think when it comes to his release here and just getting separation in general, I mean, this is a guy that is really hard to guard the first five to 10 yards I would say because of how explosive he is and how great of an athlete he is I mean he shifts his weight really well he's someone who gets off the press relatively well and then that separation uh, from then on I mean he's a really good athlete like I said real explosive athlete and so if you are not in the right position as a corner as a DB you know he exposes that really quickly you know, it doesn't take a lot to expose that for Trek here, uh, which is something that I see kind of a lot, honestly. And so there those, you know, those are some of the differences there. Uh, now, when it comes to verticality, jump ball, uh, I would agree probably, you know, for the for the sample size, you know, he doesn't have as big of a sample size as other players when it comes to this but you know just watching and seeing what I see here and talking to Gideon as well who has seen a lot of his games especially his senior season here I mean he does a good job of going up and get it now can he do that in double or triple coverage I mean shoot we'll see you know there are times he did do it but I think from what I've seen so far, he goes up and gets the football, and he's real strong when he does that, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, talking about some of his lower grades, um, 8.4 for route running and elusiveness agility. I already talked about run, route running. Like I said, just graded that one differently than Cody there. Uh, he's still a pretty solid route runner anyways, you know, and... 
like Cody said, a lot of his routes look different and it really contributes to his ability to get separation and to get leverage and all of that great stuff. All the little stuff that allows him to go up and make a play here, uh, or at least make it a little bit easier to go up and make a play there. Now, elusiveness and agility is something that we both agreed on. Uh, he's not as like agile as he could be. You know, uh, I think this this is definitely something he could improve on, you know, just opening up those hips a little bit, you know, doing some more stretching yoga and just being a little bit more quicker here. I think there's definitely room for improvement there and something that could be improved as well. So, boom, there you go. Uh, Trek, in my opinion, is more somebody that, you know, he's either going to go up and moss somebody, make a tough catch or, you know, if he gets, uh, I mean, if he just gets a wide open lane, he's going to blow it wide open and uh, just run and uh, bring it to the house, you know, because he is an explosive playmaker. So there you go there. But I don't think he's somebody that's going to make a ton of people miss and be super elusive, uh, like, you know, having to actually make moves, a couple moves in a row. But he does do a solid job. You know, he's still rated at an 8.4, which I think is fine. Now, blocking is the next, uh, well, is technically his lowest grade at a 7. Uh, not bad. I mean, when he was asked to do it, he was solid. I think technique and all that stuff could, I mean, I think his blocking in general could definitely be polished. Uh, he has strong hands, so keep that in mind. So when he gets his hands on you, I think he could definitely manhandle some dudes. But I think some of the skill there could definitely be polished and adjusted and he could continue to work on that and just be a cleaner blocker you know i think that's probably the biggest thing when it comes to that so there you go all together my overall grade is an 85.5 uh look trek keyworth i think this is a explosive football player reminds me a bit of jordan mayfield from last year in my opinion just uh as an athlete and whatnot jordan mayfield was obviously our number one receiver from last year out of vista peak here but like I said, just somebody with strong hands, explosive player, somebody that could really expose you if you are out of position and whatnot, and he really plays the leverage game well, and just somebody that's going to beat you the first couple of yards and then really, you know, make an impact there and make a play on the football because of how great of an athlete he is and whatnot. So there you go, and this is somebody that I feel like if you were a college coach, you look at him and you're like, okay, there's some really good things I like here. But, I mean, I guess as with all players, you know, there's some things that we could definitely polish before he is on the field starter football ready, uh, at least for the next level. And he's definitely somebody who I believe has the ability to play on the D1 level, probably the FCS level, uh, if anything He'll be a D2 guy, but I think the athleticism really separates him and how strong his hands are really separates him as an FCS type of talent. But he hasn't quite gotten those offers. Uh, isn't that right, Cody? Also, what do you think about my analysis as well? I want to give, uh, give you a chance to go ahead and react to that too. Yeah, so I mean, like you said, it's the difference is perspective. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, we land at the same conclusions, more or less, and have a lot of the same stuff to say. I, I just want to add on to the blocking a little bit that, uh, you know, 
it's not like a concern. It's not a red flag. Um, so th that's why both of us are pretty, I'd say, nonchalant about it. It's like, yeah, I mean, it could be better, but I'm not going to not recruit Trek Keyworth because sometimes his blocking isn't perfect. Like, are you insane? Um, so I, I think that that's something good to point out. And, you know, with, with Trek here, I think that re recruitment-wise, it's, like, frustrating. Um, seeing as how he's been offered by by Bates, Puget Sound, and most recently, he's been offered by Chadron State. But, look, I feel like uh, it, it it's Colorado biting us in the butt here a little bit. But, look, we've talked about players making big plays in games that matter. And Trek has done that. He checks those boxes as far as showing up and delivering. Look, in the season opening game against the 4A state runner-ups in Loveland, he had the game-winning touchdown reception. He had 10 receptions, which was a season high for 189 yards and a tutty. All right? You fast forward to Fossil Ridge's first ever playoff win in program history. And he went nuclear. He posted a season high, three touchdowns. All right? And so it's it's just crazy to, to see him get overlooked. And I feel like there's some things that are just being held against him that aren't really fair. Um, you know, like having to play with two different quarterbacks this year and some of the inconsistencies that came with that as well as, you know, he wasn't really needed in the Boulder win. So just want to put that out there. Some people will be like, oh, why, why do his numbers look inconsistent? I'm like, well, you're not assessing the situation properly. And, uh, you know, he was one of the guys to also score against Regis as well on a very sweet route, by the way. Very, very nice play in his highlight reel. Simon, I don't I don't know if you touched on that or or remember that play, but it was it was nice. Oh, I remember that play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, saw it. So, you know, that and that was against, you know, uh, a perennial quote, perennial powerhouse um, in RJ there. So, you know, Trek he just he does a lot of things right and he honestly the things that he doesn't the things that he does correctly i should say are the things that i think are a little bit more frustrating to coach like he gets how to get open he understands how meticulous route running is and he's so creative that it it shows that he is a fast learner he, he understands the game of football and you know that is sometimes really hard to do on top of that he's a solid enough athlete to to make good plays so and, and he's got a 4.0 gpa so come get this guy csu i'm looking at you he's he's right next to you he literally caught a touchdown in your stadium and it was sweet it was a nice play and you haven't even looked at him yet? What is going on here uh, with with Trek Ke Keyworth here? But, you know, I, I think that he could stand to probably gain a little bit of weight here. But honestly, for somebody who gets that open, I am really not that concerned about how much he weighs. Coach V, am I overreacting here? Am I, am I getting too in my feels about this? Or... Or is this a legitimate, you know, potential ram that is being 
hilariously overlooked. Well, I could also give a little bit more information here as well. Uh, first off, he's for sure getting overlooked either way. But, you know, he did play a lot in the slot and some college uh, guys don't really like that, I guess. So there's that as well. On top of that, he did play also in a pass-heavy offense, which is good. He got his opportunities, but you know he's never really going to get bracketed uh, too much because there's a lot of other weapons. Uh, here on this Foster Ridge team, including his 6'6", 230-pound receiver teammate, Mac Bastide, um, receiver slash, you know, tight end. And you kind of got to, I mean, you want to be able to double-team that guy because he's 6'6", and, you know, he's a good receiver as well. And so there are a lot of one-on-one -on -one opportunities for Trek. And then, you know, you have a really good quarterback in Tyler Kubat, who's going to Lindenwood as well. I believe that's a D1. And so, yeah, yeah. so there's kind of a lot going and on And Leone here. also had a very solid season as well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a this is a team that throws the football a lot. They're one of the more advanced offenses in the state, which is wild, but they are. And they do a good job, you know, of getting production and pushing teams and all that great stuff. And I think a lot of colleges look at all that and they're like, eh, he's probably a system player, to be honest with you. He's probably somebody that gets schemed into a lot of those things. But, I mean, you know, you could also just bring him out and find out. You know, get him on a visit, get him into a workout, you know, and find out because you know that he understands, you know, football first off. And he has been in one of those systems. And, you know, there's a lot of receivers who have not played in a more modern system like that. And that kind of hurts them. And so he's not just another Colorado receiver that's like the main guy, you know, uh, and all that great stuff. He's somebody that understands the game of football. He does the things. I mean, he does a lot of things correctly, and he doesn't have to be your number one receiver, but he could definitely be a guy that you could rotate in, and he will take advantage of one-on-one -on -one opportunities, um, as any, you know, very quality receiver would. And so he's definitely getting overlooked. I'm, I don't know why CSU has been sleeping on him, but, you know, they sleep on basically the entire city of Fort Collins which is crazy, but, you know, they'll rather play against those type of players or, you know, than anything. I'm Let me relax a little bit. I'm <laughs> Let me pull back a little bit. But it's true, you know, and I don't know why CSU has not come up and picked him up, um, but it is what it is, I guess. He's going to go somewhere. He's going to ball out. He's definitely better than his offers. Um, yeah, I think we can both agree on that. But we'll see what happens, you know. I It's only a matter of time. I mean, his teammates are committed to the D1 level. A lot of his teammates are committed to the D1 level or will be going D1. So it's not like recruiters aren't going in and out of, uh, this, of this program, you know. Uh, I'm sure somebody has had tabs on him. But, you know, it really only takes one or two programs to go ahead and pull the trigger. And I think that's what matters here but moving forward i mean we know what kind of talent trek is he knows what kind of talent he is uh his high school coaches definitely know what kind of talent he is we'll just have to see moving forward uh like i said it's january 3rd when we're recording this so there is not plenty of time but there's still time before signing day um and i don't really have too much more to say here cody 
Yeah, no, I think that, uh, you know, this would be a good time to introduce our number two receiver that uh, we've kind of been up in the uh, northern area quite a bit for the first uh, part of this list. But uh, we, we won't be up north for this next one. Ain't that right, Coach V? Yeah, we definitely won't be. And so the number two receiver in Colorado here in the class of 2023 is Vista Ridge's Brandon B.B. Hills, the Washington State commit, the speedster, the playmaker, uh, smallest guy on this list, by the way. I know we've went with a lot of big-bodied receivers here, or relatively big-bodied receivers, but he is the smallest guy on this list, but he is an absolute playmaker. If you want to win, put B.B. in. That's been the motto the last couple of years. He's turned up over at Vista Ridge. Um, by the way, you know, he did not crack 50 receiving career touchdowns, but he is definitely, I want to say he's either top five or top three uh, when it comes to all-time receiving touchdowns. He is just short. I believe he's like a touchdown behind uh Christian McCaffrey I might be wrong though don't quote me on that but he has definitely made his mark here in the record books uh had a great senior season as well and so let's go ahead and talk about it first things first with BB this is a guy that I've seen play uh a number of times the last couple of years uh, got to see him against Pine Creek the last two years. You know, they have an excellent secondary, probably one of the best secondaries in all of Colorado. So there is that. Got to see him against Palmer Ridge, well, who had probably the best secondary in 4A, or at least a top two secondary in 4A. Got to see that this year. And then obviously got to see him at TFG a handful of times, whether it was workouts with Coach Thomas Shout out to him. Whether it was um, Team Full Gorilla and Ducks scrimmages, shout out to them. Or, you know, whether it was tryouts, you know. We got to see this guy a lot, uh, including at his signing day. And actually a couple days ago at TFG tryouts again. But let's go ahead and talk about his film here um, and go down the line with his grade. So let's start with route running. Gave him an 8.8 .8 there. Hands and ball skills, 8.8. Separation release, a 9. Speed, 9.2. Elusiveness, agility, 9. Route tree, 9. Verticality, jump ball, uh, solid 8.3. Body control, a 9. Field awareness, vision, 8.8. .8. Blocking is uh, probably a little generous, but I gave him a 6 for an overall grade of 85.9 here for this 5'9 receiver uh, committed to Washington State. Now, Let's talk about his highest grades here. I know there are a couple grades that are clustered, but let me talk about the highest one, which is a 9.24 speed. Uh, look, you know, this is a guy that is a home run hitter. You know, you really can't press him if you're not comfortable with your own recovery speed because he's going to burn you. Uh, <laughs> I'm always going to overhear this. I believe this was one of the Coach Thomas tryouts, but he was talking about ooh, actually nah it's I don't think it's disrespectful. Screw it. He was talking about a game this year against Rampart, and I guess they really wanted to press him. Um it was man coverage to I I believe it was cover two man coverage and they were trying to press him and it was obviously not working and he was like oh man 
you know, they was pressing and, you know, I knew it was a man. Automatic tutties. And that's what it was against Rampart. And I remember him talking about him about it and sounding really happy that they weren't even really bothering to bracket him like that. Um, not really, because even then, if you try to press him at the line, he's going to get a good release on you, and then he's going to have 20 yards on you in the next two seconds, and there's nothing even the receiver could do or the safety could do when you have that much separation. And so his speed is definitely lethal. This is a guy that could go from 0 to 100 real quick and take it to the house anytime he touches the football here. Uh, I definitely mean that. I also throw this out there as well. I remember in, I want to say it was the 2021 matchup against Pine Creek. Ooh, Pine Creek, for some reason, uh, did not do the research and kept kicking the ball to BB Hills, whether it was punting or kicking or whatever, and he was slaughtering them in special teams. Like, one of the biggest reasons Vista Ridge was like holding on to a relatively close deficit i guess was because against pine creek a very good team here uh was because bb hills was single-handedly you know just killing them on special teams and getting big plays and explosive plays it got to the point where all the pine creek fans were were like yelling at the coaching staff to not kick it to him as he receives another kick and gets like a 50 or 60 yard return uh, at the bare minimum something crazy like that you know it was that bad so his speed is legitimate he probably runs a 4-4 maybe a 4-5 on a bad day but i would definitely say at least a 4-4 and so the speed is legitimate now talking about some of the other grades they're kind of you know uh, around here but at that nine position or at that nine grade so i gave him a nine for separation and release elusiveness agility route tree uh gave him a nine vista ridge i mean they run a pretty modern offense a lot of passing uh very air raid style i would probably say air raid spread whatever you know so there you go body control also gave him a nine here um let me talk body control real quick I mean, he does a good job adjusting to the football. Not that he catches a lot of inaccurate footballs, but he does a good job adjusting to the football and making a play on it pretty consistently. So there you go. Uh, elusiveness and agility. I mean, like I said, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's not just somebody that's a straight line runner. This is somebody that can make multiple guys miss, string together a number of moves on you. And then once he makes half the defense miss, he's going to take it 50 yards to the house, 70 yards to the house, 60 yards to the house. That is what he does. When the ball is in his hands, he is dangerous. Uh, Tyreek Hill-like in some ways, I would say. So, boom, there you go. Uh, separation release, I really haven't seen too many corners be able to really disrupt his routes. Uh, maybe the Fountain for Carson boys. I remember that. I mean, that secondary secondary was pretty stacked. I'm not even gonna lie, you know. And so they did a relatively good job. But even then, there were times he got loose still. But you know, he has a number of releases. His separation is pretty good there too. I mean shoot once he gets into open field he is pretty much gone you kind of got to bracket him in uh you can't just let him run loose against main coverage so there you go there now let's talk about some of his lower grades here verticality jump ball 8.3 blocking six uh i mean he could do it 
uh, on the high school level, he could definitely do all these things. Uh, blocking, I mean, would I ask him to block, you know, consistently? Probably not. If I could put out bigger receivers, I would. He is kind of a smaller frame receiver now. That doesn't make him less willing to do it. He'll do it, you know, but there are limits to what he could do with his frame and whatnot. And so I gave him a six when it came to blocking. Uh, could it get better? Uh, probably, but I think you would probably be misusing him, asking him to block a whole ton. You know, I think he could win his matchups against DBs most of the time. Well, yeah, I'd say probably most of the time, but it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not even really that concerned about it, to be honest with you. Now, verticality, jump ball. I mean, he's a pretty strong dude for his frame. He could go up and get it, but there are limits to his frame and whatnot. Like I said, against bigger corners, are you going to see that all the time, especially on the next level? No. You know, if he gets matched up with a Sauce Gardner type of guy who's 6'3", or a Tariq Woolen type of dude who's just a little bit more lengthier, no. I mean, if it's ju he's not gonna, he's just not gonna win those type of jump balls. You know, as much as he could do to get good leverage and whatnot, I just don't think he could do that. And those are just the limits to his frame. You know, but that's not really his game, anyways. Though, so there you go. There. But, uh, yeah, that's B.B. Hills, man. I mean, he is a playmaker. If you get the ball in his hands, he is absolutely explosive. You got to gang tackle this guy because he's not going to go down easily. He's going to make at least two or three guys miss. And if there's nobody there, he's going to go ahead and burn you. And that's, you can't do anything about it. <laughs> you really just can't. You know, he is that explosive and tough to guard. So, yeah, but, uh. Cody, what do you think about B.B. Hills here? I know you've got to see him a couple of times. What do I think of B.B. Hills? Well, you and I both think the same thing as far as he is, you know, the second best receiver in this class. Very talented. Look, our final grades were only .1 apart, which for those who have been keeping track, not only of this episode, but just our history in general, that is insane for us to, I, I, I bet I could count on my hand the number of times that we've had the same grade, the exact same grade of a player through two years of this rubric. So the fact that this is within point one, I think that, you know, reflects that we both think very highly of him and uh, that we both, you know, have quite a bit of praise for him. And so, you know, I mean, the speed is obvious, so I'll try not to talk about that so much. Um, but I mean, anytime he touches the ball. He's a threat to score a touchdown. But I think that the next impressive thing about BB is the field awareness slash vision. He is a master at improvisational routes, you know, as his, you know, all-time great QB is maneuvering the pocket and finding the pockets in the defense to get open. This is also evident by the times that he has handed the ball off, whether he tucks inside and scores that way or finds the edge in that capacity. He gains yards when he runs the football. It's as simple as that. But, you know, I think even more so is when he is given the opportunity to return kicks or punts where he is just so, so dangerous to return a kick to the house. I mean, you look at his basically 100-yard punt return game against Vista Peak Prep. 
I think is a great opportunity for that. And you know, the field awareness slash vision, I think that returning punts is such a great way of doing that because I mean, you know what the layout of the field is going to be when you're returning a kickoff more or less, you know what your, what your plan is here, but you could plan a return, right? And then, you know, it's punted all the way across and you have to work across the field, but he does a great job of maneuvering through, you know, this traffic and finding those gaps and accelerating just enough to win in that case. Elusiveness slash agility 9.1. I think that this is very elite on his end and you could even make an argument for it to be higher, but he, I mean, some of the step back jukes that he puts on defenders. Whoo. I am really glad to not be on BB's highlight tape because that's embarrassing. Oh my gosh. He has defenders running into each other. He has them all kinds of turned around. He has them absolutely gassed. He snatches ankles. That's just, that's just how he rolls, you know, and BB is just like that. And shout out to, you know, his body control that I also have rated at a nine. So that's four categories for BB here that BB Hills here that is rated at a nine plus. And, you know, body control wise, he is fantastic at boundary catches. There's plays where people try and hit him and with his ability to leverage and, you know, with that lower center of gravity, admittingly, he does bounce off of those hits and continues to run. So, you know, maybe not in the tackle shedding sense is it very impressive, but in the tackle avoidance sense, in the maneuverability sense, in the contortionist catching the ball sense, by the boundary sense, staying on his feet sense, it is very, very impressive. Very, very impressive. Continuing on, anything that wasn't a nine, or at least these next three, were all 8.9s, route running, hand slash ball skills, and route tree. Like Coach V said, very extensive route tree, but I think that he also does a really good job of, you know, shaking people, throwing in some head nods, and, you know, making each route very unique. It doesn't seem that any two slants from Brandon Hills are the same. It doesn't seem that any two outs are the same from BB Hills. It doesn't seem that a whip even looks the same. There's a lot of variations and little tweaks that he does to, you know, be able to make these plays. Hands slash ball skills continuing forward with the 8.9s here. He has really sticky hands once again here. And it's crazy that it's not one of his top categories considering it is an 8.9 and that he does really go up for some pat. He plays bigger than his frame for sure. There are some plays where I'm like, yikes, that, that looks like a pick. And it's not because BB is such a spectacular athlete with great ball skills, adjusts to the football very, very well. And I think that another point to make in this 8.9 here is with the deep routes, deep connections that he has, you know, he doesn't get lost looking for the football with his head, looking all over the place, looking up. No, he flips his head, gets to the football, adjusts to it very, very well. In-air adjustment to the football, just incredible, especially on these, you know, lobbier passes here from Braden Dorman. BB does a great job of getting underneath those and making great receptions with his hands. Now, for his... Quote, areas of improvement, blocking here, I had a 5.3. If you're asking BB to block, I think that's a waste. So I'm not really going to waste my breath on that. But talking about, you know, verticality slash jump ball, this is still at an 8.7. 
like I said, he can he could climb the staircase. He could grab the football. At the only quote weakness here is that he's five foot nine. If BB was six foot or six foot one doing these things, it would be unfair. He would be unguardable. So you know, I think that uh, it's not. I I don't have any recommendations on improvements for his verticality slash jump ball. I think that he has incredible vert. And I think that he's great at winning jump balls. I just couldn't really justify grading this that much higher than that. But it's still a skill that he possesses. Now, separation slash release. This is also a skill he possesses. He has a few different releases. He gets great separation. It's at an 8.4. I just think that I would prefer to see a little bit more of a bag here. And that's mainly off the line. Now, Coach V and I talked about this a little bit before. There really isn't anyone who can bump and run with BB here in the state of Colorado. So, you know, it's hard to see different releases tested. I mean, a huge part of this release is based off of work that I've seen him do on those Sunday workouts with Coach Thomas and, you know, those other instances of TFG stuff where, you know, he does get maybe not, I don't, it's uh, for the lack of finding another word when he gets challenged a little bit more he does have a bag as far as different releases that he can use but as far as in pads just haven't got to see it a whole lot so want to see it a little bit more in pads but i mean it's still an 8.4 what do you want from me here and you know for the synopsis i said the fastest player on this list and even the state is one of the most decorated players in colorado history he's a threat to score anytime he touches the ball and his best is amongst the best in the country and he's so he's done so against great talent and something else that you know this is outside of this numbers and whatnot but something else that i noted here is when he's not getting the ball he's drawing three defenders away and opening up opportunities for his teammates so you know he's he makes his team better and he opened up a lot of opportunities for his teammates uh, shout out to a player that we'll talk about here in honorable mentions here in just a few minutes. But, uh, you know, BB, he's really a complete wide receiver who just so happens to be 5'9", 155. But he's obviously a next level talent. He's obviously a D1 talent. And I mean, the rules on what it takes to be a receiver are changing a little bit with the speed of the passing game in the NFL and how important that is becoming. I mean, look, how... Coach V, I, I think that, uh, you know, this is obviously far out and a little hy hyperbolic here, hyperbolic even, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes probably wouldn't mind throwing to BB Hills and having him on his roster. So, uh, I don't want to, it's way far ahead. It's way far ahead to say yeah. something like that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's a speed demon, and I think that that style of play is what I'm saying has has normalized and even opened up opportunities for guys like B.B. Hills, not only to play on the next level, but to have a shot in in the NFL should should the frame hold up through college and whatnot. Yes. Uh, if he was 6'3", he'd probably be a Justin Jefferson type, you know? So there you go there. But he's not... And he works with what he has, and, you know, honestly, he does a lot of the little things right as well. It's not just that, oh, he's fast, 
you know, so he's gonna outrun everybody, oh, like, no, like, he does a lot of the little things, right, that I feel like a lot of speedsters, especially on the high school level, uh, just don't, they just don't do, you know, uh, they just neglect, because, hey, I could run past the entire defense, but, you know, he's real detail-oriented, he really works at his craft, he's a real hard worker, you know, and so that's why he's rated so high here, honestly, I think for both of us, he is literally less than half a point away from the number one receiver in both of our grades. Less than half a point. That's how close it is. You know, this other guy is definitely bigger than him too. So there you go there. I mean, look, he's a playmaker. This is a guy that, you know, he is going to... I mean, he's going to find success on the next level now. Can he find success moving forward? We'll see. I think a lot of it definitely comes down to opportunities that will be available and all that great stuff. And, uh, you know, I think I, I don't want to just say, oh, yeah, he's perfect, but, you know, he's short. You know, I do want to give him some stuff to work on. Uh, if I'm BB, I would definitely try to get stronger. Obviously, you got to get stronger to play on the next level and for your frame to hold on to the hold up on the next level but i think getting stronger will go a long way adjusting to those next level dbs who have strong hands who are not going to be afraid of pressing you at the line if they could get you off your route for a second uh or even a second and a half you know which is all that might matter when it comes to you know some of the routes and um some of the scheme they might be using you in because timing does matter and that stuff and so you know i think getting stronger that's going to go a long way and finding yourself on the field and then on top of that i think really just taking care of your body you know knowing when you've pushed it far enough uh being very very just like cognizant of your recovery well not i think that's going to go a long way you want to make sure you preserve that you know make sure you're healthy and whatnot i think that will go a long way as he continues to work on that continues to you know prolong his football career you know really taking care of that body will go a long way and giving him those opportunities so boom there you go those are the things that you could work on i just didn't want to you know leave it there but yeah i mean look we know where he's committing to um i was there at his signing day committed to washington state it was a very emotional signing day uh to be honest with you but he will be going to washington state you know, this is a program that I believe still runs the spread and some of those uh, air raid concepts that Mike Leach left behind, rest in peace and whatnot. But they do run some of those stuff. I know they do have a quarterback over there. Uh, they had a pretty solid team, actually, this last year, which I wasn't the last couple of years, which I wasn't sure if they would without Mike Leach or not. And so he's going to go up in there. I think he's, uh, he's going to fit the scheme really well. I think there's going to be a lot of overlap, and there's not going to be a huge learning curve, or at least as big as one that he would find elsewhere. But uh, I'm really excited for him, man. I think he's going to turn up over there. Do I think he's going to start right away? Probably not. He's probably going to work his way into the rotation because, uh, you know, that's a school that recruits a lot of receivers like him. And we'll see, you know, it's going to come down to competition and doing the little things right and not, you know, giving your coaches, uh, not that this is going to be an issue at all, but, you know, giving your coaches excuses to not play you. Uh, and so as long as you're healthy and, you know, you compete, I think you could really get a, you know, get some good opportunities up there, but we'll see what happens. 
I don't want to really project or be like, oh, this is when he's going to play and whatnot. Because uh, honestly, I just don't know. You know, I don't know what kind of receivers they have up there, what that depth chart is looking at, what those opportunities might be looking at, what some of those coaches might want BB to continue to improve on moving forward. Uh, but, you know, we'll see, you know, and uh, we'll just uh, go from there. But, you know, he made it to the next level, and I'd be surprised if he didn't make a splash sooner than later or eventually. Is that fair to say, Cody? Yeah, I think that's really fair to say. And I mean, I'm just really excited for his opportunity, honestly. And, uh, you know, it's also exciting that he gets to play with a, another former TFG guy up there as well. But, you know, I think that the the cards are in the right place here. He's just got to play them right, and he's just got to play the game of football and, you know, do the things that he can to get better. And, you know, the opportunities are going to be there. And, I mean, out of, out of the, these guys, you know, he has a really, really, really good chance of getting on the field, honestly, I feel, with his special teams prowess that, you know, kind of went down a little bit as his, you know, offensive production went up in high school. So, you know, that, that could be a, a return to, you know, a site that he misses just a little bit. Because, I mean, most times when BB was back there, teams would not punt to him, as I would not. So, you know, there's that. Yes, unless you're Pine Creek. Well, they didn't do it this last year. I let me not throw them under the bus. No, they right they away. triple teamed him this year on on defense too. I was like, yes, damn, bro. There's a lot of eagles around him, and uh, then you know uh, another player went off. But uh, yeah, no, that was the, the game that you told me about that, that you went and watched and you know put me on to to BB Hills for. That was that was a good one. Also, BB Hills award winner for PMC. So he won offensive playmaker of the year, Cody, if you uh, did not yeah. remember. Yeah. So oh, there I, you go. I, just, I, mean, I had to plug that in. I had to squeeze it in. Yeah. He is probably one of the most fun players I've ever watched. And I'm saying that just now that I'm really remembering, I just realized in all the games that I've watched, uh, Vista Rich has lost. But technically, I've seen some of his toughest games against Pine Creek and Palmer Ridge where he still makes plays, you know, even when they are like, you know, focus. their defensive effort is focused on stopping him and Dorman. Uh, so, boom, there you go there. Um, that's how impressive he is. You know, he's a real fun guy to watch and shoot his highlight reel is always fun to watch, to be honest with you. So there you I go. I definitely have watched his reel way more times than just for this uh, film breakdown. So I gotta, I gotta echo you a little bit there. It is hype. Yeah. Uh, to be fast and athletic like him. Oh my God. You know, can't teach it sometimes. Sometimes you're just born with it. And uh, honestly, really nice guy, too. You know, shout out to him. He's a real good dude. You know, got to talk to him, uh, I feel like, a lot this last month uh, and whatnot. So there you oh, go. He's, but, he's fantastic. And I love yes. his story. And, you know, there was there was a very scary time in in B.B. Hills's, you know, uh, tenure here in Colorado. And he's, he's overcome a lot. And so I'm just really glad that... Uh, no, he's he's healthy and and upright and positive and just such a 
great dude. And, you know, any, anyone who gets to know him or anyone who does know him, I mean, it really is a blessing in, in a way to to get to interact with him and to, you know, just, just talk to him and in a very casual sense. And, you know, Coach V obviously had the had the opportunity as well as Gideon to to watch that that commitment and be invited to that. So, you know, lots of love for for BB Hills here from from Playmakers Corner. Definitely PMC fam, no doubt. And uh very, very happy and proud to to have him be a part of that PMC fam and to be able to give him his due desserts here with these with this breakdown and with this assessment and with this, you know, place here on the podium for the top five senior receivers. Yes. Uh, love the dude personally, real fun guy, real funny guy. Uh, I would say as well, but he's, he's a good dude and, uh, couldn't be happier for him because there was definitely like probably an off season where I was like, ah, is he going to get the looks he deserved? And he did, you know, which I was more than happy about. That's, that's something that really like warmed my heart. Uh, these last couple of years, probably a top moment, to be honest, when it comes to doing this podcast and covering great players and great guys uh, like BB. So there you go. But uh, yeah, let's let's move on, though, before, you know, we get too emotional because we're basically saying goodbye to these players because uh, they are seniors here. But before we do, Cody, uh, do you want to go ahead and talk about the honorable mentions real quick? I know there's a lot. And we'll be, by the way, we'll be doing a best of the rest series uh, where we break down the film of all the guys who just narrowly missed these lists. And so, you know, there's a lot of players that uh, miss it because obviously only five can make it. And uh, yeah, Cody, you could talk about that more uh, here. Yeah, I mean, look, this was a really, really tough wide receiver class to dissect. So I do want to shout these guys out and do let y'all know y'all's full breakdown is coming out, you know, here in a few closer to February. Uh, But anyways, this, it was tough having some of these guys not make the cut, you know, Braden Monroe out of Chaparral, fantastic athlete, good frame at that 6'2", 195, very high upside player. And it's reflected in his recruiting. Ron Gallegos, the third out of Kennedy, who had a monster season last year, respectfully got like triple teamed this year and still put up great film, good numbers as well for that Kennedy squad. Definitely a high point for that program here. Josh Rios out of Rouson Valley. I hope that's Rios and not Rios. If it is, just let us know. But, you know, he's he holds the record for most receptions in a playoff game with his 17 reception performance against Valor Christian, which has, that secondary's no slouch. Just want to put that out there, and he really turned up and made some good plays against some great talent. Just kind of got lost in the shuffle here. There's some other slot receivers here too. You know, Chase Nelson out of Douglas County, Richard Okuno, who did have that three-touchdown performance against my alma mater in the playoffs that was big time, and, you know, he's somebody who definitely deserves some looks on the next level. Nikki McGuire was someone that Gideon told us to keep an eye out on. And, you know, Lambkin Sports, shout out to them who's messaged us on Twitter. And, you know, I'll, I'll let them know that, uh, yeah, the, the full breakdown inspection is coming on the way. And, you know, he's, you know, a borderline two-star kind of guy. Carver Cheeks just 
uh, the three that really, really narrowly missed this list that I, I want to talk about. Well, okay, Brady Witherspoon, he was the leading touchdown guy through the regular season, I believe. And leading touchdown receiver through 5A, that's what I was specifically looking for here in Brady Witherspoon. He is a very solid, you know, receiver who really has some great hands, honestly, and some solid skills and put up some really good numbers over at A-West. But the three guys who were just so excruciatingly close and really hard to leave out, Rashad Caldwell out of Denver South, Roadrunner Caldwell here, got to see him play a few times during the season and he made some great plays and man he was really close then you know carver cheeks out of mesa ridge who was just a great athlete here you know he, look these guys caldwell and cheeks missed this list with their average grade being an 80.15 and 80.45 respectively so these are three-star guys according to our pmc scale as well as the guy who literally just missed outside of the top five here in Keyshawn dooley Gotta shout him out for, you know, when I'm talking about, you know, BB Hills is getting all this attention, who steps up? Because there's a lot of teams where once their top target's taken away, no one does anything and it's hard to watch. And, you know, even some of these, you know, some of the teams with these receivers that I've talked about are guilty of that. But, you know, Visceridge was really blessed to have two of the most talented receivers in this class with Keyshawn Dooley who played fantastic this year. He needs to have more than just one offer to McPherson State. He is a next-level guy. He's at least, at least high-end D2, but more deservingly on the FCS level, especially with all the little things that he does right. So, I mean, Dooley, Caldwell, and Sheiks all just narrowly, narrowly miss this list. And, I mean... Look, the average of these guys that I'm talking about floats around a 76 or a 77 for, for my personal grades. And for Simon, these guys are even sniffing the 80s or in the 80s as well, the low 80s, that is. So, you know, it was a very tight, tight race here. And, you know, if it weren't for the extensive rubric that we have and for, you know, the extensive work that we put in watching regular season games and whatnot, this would have been impossible especially if we tried to do it like we did our first year in 2020 we would have uh, it would have been tough it would have been tough there would have been way more uh shouting behind the scenes than than there was this year so you know shout out to all these great pass catchers as a wide receiver as a former wide receiver and as a wide receivers coach i am just enamored by this fantastic class here and you know just thankful for all of you know the great plays that we got to watch from all these great pass catchers this year and i really feel blessed to have covered it but coach v you have anything to chip in about these honorable mentions that i will be coming back for i'm doubling back for you guys for full film breakdowns do you have anything to talk about these guys here uh not too much i'm kind of just gonna leave you to doing that episode that's probably going to be one of our longer honorable mention episodes to be honest with you uh i will say this i think technically i had Keyshawn dooley rated just a little bit higher than our number five guy Caden lettuce so i'm gonna put that out there um or wait a second yeah no sorry yeah and then carver cheeks was really close behind him uh for me and so this was pretty tough 
Ugh, it was pretty tough, honestly, just putting it all together and evaluating. I mean, even like we went to a number of games in person for a lot of these prospects and we looked through a lot of film. We talked to a lot of coaches, uh, talked to a lot of outside sources as well. I feel like we really put in the work for this episode and so if you disagree that's fine disagree but until you have a process as complicated and as deep as ours i don't really respect your opinion um shoot and i say that disrespectfully not even respectfully so there you go get on our level before you could criticize so there you go uh but a lot of <laughs> that was real i my bad my bad let me i need to check myself real quick but yeah this was tough i mean a lot of well-deserving guys there's a lot of players i would say that are next level guys i'm talking d1 d2 but aren't as polished and needs to work on certain things and all that great stuff, which, you know, could easily be done in an offseason or two. That's basically a red shirt, and then you sit him, you know. And so, it's not like it's impossible for any of these other guys to play D1. A lot of them have offers to next-level programs uh, who see what we see, you know. But there's a little bit more upside there. But, you know, we're grading these players based on how they did in high school and how polished they are and uh, grading all aspects of the game. And so, with that being said, Cody... Do you mind if I just go ahead and talk about our number one receiver in the class of 2023? Does that mean you're introducing him? Yeah. Let's get this show on the road. Okay. So the number one receiver here in the class of 2023 is Ishmael CC-ish. CC from Cherry Creek High School, the 6'1", 180-pound receiver. He is the Stanford commit. Um, I believe four-time state champion. Isn't that right, Cody? I, actually, I don't know. Does it count if he wasn't on varsity? I'm not entirely sure. However, he was at Cherry Creek during their four-peat. So, yeah, he was there. You know. So... Championship DNA. You, it doesn't get more championship DNA than this guy, Ish CC. He's got to learn from some of the best, uh, not only coaches uh, slash coach, uh, just in general, but receivers in the state. He's had plenty of great receivers. Honestly, I think every single year, just kidding, except for last year, we've had a receiver um, make this top five list from Cherry Creek. And ironically, the other time a receiver made a top five list from Cherry Creek was Chase Penry. And he was also number one. So there you go. Two CC players. What? Has caught passes all four years on varsity. Boom. There you go. So he is a he is a four-time champ technically. Uh, well, no, not even technically. He's just a four-time champ. So there you go. So, yeah. I mean... Hey, that's big time, man. I mean, the talent has always been there. And, you know, he's part of a great tradition that Cherry Creek has at developing receivers that are elite and um, that do a lot of the um, a lot of things right. You know, play the position right. Uh, they do a lot of the little things and big things. So without further ado, let me just go ahead and hop into my grades here. So route running 8.4, hands, hands, ball scales 9 separation release 8.7 speed 8.8 elusiveness agility 8.6 route tree 8.7 verticality jump ball 8.8 .8. 
uh, body control, 9. Field awareness, vision, 8.3. Blocking is an 8 for a solid 86.3 rating for the Stanford commit. That pretty much aligns up with how he is rated on 24-7 and all that great stuff as a 3-star, potentially um, probably closer to a 4-star type of guy here. Now, talking about his highest grades, gave him a 9 for hands, um, ball skills, and Sorry, not field awareness and body control. Uh, look, extremely strong hands. Very reliable hands here for Ish CC here. I mean, he's going to come down with the ball. He's going to catch um, contested uh, footballs here. He's going to catch in traffic. He's going to do all those things. He doesn't drop the ball at all. And, you know, he. this is a guy that has played with a couple different quarterbacks uh, the last couple of years, I believe he's played with three different quarterbacks in his career, if I'm right here. Um, well, no, actually, it would be more. Technically, it's more well, than three. Well, it was three. like three it's like quarterbacks five or this six. year. But... It, this year, there were like three different quarterbacks throwing to him. So, you know, there you go. Uh, those three being, you know, Vodka, Star... Mark Eel. so Rudden, so oof, four, I guess, so there you go, so he's played with a number of different quarterbacks, and no matter what, he has been reliable, he's been the security blanket, you know, he is not going to drop any passes, that's just how it is, you know, he makes some excellent catches uh, in contest, or, you know, when he's wide open, and that's just his brand, you know, love to see that, he's not going to drop many passes, and I feel like that's the bare minimum for receivers, but, you know, he goes above and beyond catching some passes that he shouldn't even really be able to catch. Then at nine as well, also gave that to his body control. I mean, he has excellent body control. And at 6'1", 180, I mean, he just does an excellent job getting leverage, adjusting to the football, doing all those little things so that he can catch the football. And I put all that under body control, to be honest with you. Now... I'm not going to steal everything here because I want Cody to talk more about him than me. But some of the things that I want, or I don't want to say that I want him to work on, uh, but it wouldn't hurt to continue to work on slash get better at. Uh, so his lowest grades are is an 8 for blocking and is an 8.3 for field awareness slash vision. So for blocking, um, he's a pretty he's still a pretty solid blocker. Like he's, I guess this doesn't sound that great, but he's the third highest blocker uh, on this list. Still the third highest blocker out of all the receivers that we evaluated here uh, at an eight. I mean, he's a big body dude and whatnot. He does a good job. Could still polish it off, uh, be a little bit more consistent. That's probably what I'm looking more, looking for more than anything. Just be a consistent blocker. Make sure you're not holding too much, you know, and uh, yeah, that's it. Not that he does it all the time, but like I said, it's all about consistency there at least in my opinion so yeah now field awareness slash vision uh it's at an 8.3 i feel like there are times where he catches the football and he doesn't always take the most efficient route or path uh to get a first down or you know to score or whatever you know it could definitely be improved and so honestly 
I think that's just watching a little bit more film of defenses and how they break down. Not like, you know, the, what coverage they're in, but that also wouldn't hurt either. But, you know, just watching how they break down and all that stuff and just being a little bit more aware, I think that just comes with more experience. And so he will get better there, but not exactly somebody I would put back as a kick returner or a punt returner and, you know, have him return a bunch of those type of kicks. I think there are some guys that might just be able to see the field a little bit better there, um, which sounds like a bigger hit than it is. It still gave him an 8.3, but definitely something he could continue to work on uh, and whatnot. So, boom, there you go. But, Cody, what do you think about Ish CC here? Uh, what were your grades, and what do you think about my grades? Yeah, so speaking of my grades, I'm just going to go back to my more traditional Walk down the line here. Look, route running, nine. Hands slash ball skills, nine. Separation slash release, 8.2. Speed, 8.8. Elusiveness slash agility, 8.6. Route tree, 8.2. Verticality slash jump ball, nine. Body control, 9.3. Field awareness slash vision, 9.2. And blocking at a seven. For an overall grade of 86.3, I am very interested to, you know, go back through our 2020 and uh, see how how CC stacks up to to Chase Penry, honestly. But, you know, I mean, we agree that blocking, even though he's one of the better blockers on this list, there's still room for improvement. I say that he just ends up a little stretched out of his frame, doesn't really have his chest over his knees all the time, but that's pretty nitpicky once again. So I want to put that out there. And then look, his, his other lowest ones, route tree 8.2. I think part of that just comes from, it's not that his route tree is small per se, but this is a balanced offense that they run at Cherry Creek, right? So, you know, it's not going to be as extensive as a spread offense would be. And, you know, especially his senior year, just with the carousel of quarterbacks that they had going around, that makes it harder to run, you know, a huge plethora of routes or a very expansive route tree. So I just want to, like, kind of defend him a little bit there and say it's not because he can't run routes. I mean, he has a really nice comeback route. He runs good out routes. He's got a nice in route. And, uh, you know, he does have some moves as well, which is why his route running is at a nine. So even despite the, you know somewhat limited capacity that he was limited hand that he was dealt his senior year for QB. He more than made up for it and provided quarterbacks with very easy targets to get to here based off of great route running and just understanding the field. Now we do have a little bit of a difference here, but I do think that that is partially just, you know, the way that we view it a little bit here. Look, field awareness slash vision. The, the, First thing that I wrote here, you know, seeing as how I gave his field awareness slash vision 9.2 is even when he runs out of room, seemingly there is always room for him to make a play on the boundary with great route running and body control to make some great catches. Look, it's uh, if you initially watch it, it seems like he doesn't know maybe where the boundary is. But the thing is, he knows exactly where the boundary is. And he understands that with that six foot one, 180 pound frame, that the boundary is his best friend here. And his understanding of the fact that, yeah, literally only I can make a play on the ball standing right here 
is so spectacular and so unique, I also want to say as well, as far as why I have his, why I'm so high on his field awareness slash vision, because he uses the field, the field is a part of his tool belt in making great catches, especially, especially on the boundary, but also running spot plays where his crossing routes end up on the field when he signals for the ball, his in routes as well. I think he does a great job of finding those pockets on the defense and, you know, also creating his own unique pockets that cannot be exploited or taken advantage of in any way whatsoever. And his body control, which is his highest rated quality here at a 9.3, is why he can do that. Look, there are a handful of fades on this film because of the body control he can show by the boundary, by the back of the end zone, at the front of the end zone, what have you, and just manipulate himself. Even with leverage that is not ideal, he can move his arms, he can get into that position, he can jump in such a way where he is now suddenly at an advantage from a disadvantaged position, and I think that that's huge on his body control. Look, his verticality slash jump ball, I also have rated as a 9 here. So, you know, he he does a great job of just making plays in the air. Look, his hand slash ball skills is also a 9. That's his ability to adjust to the ball was critical this year to Creek's championship win against Valor Christian, a game that I got to see live where he did have to make some adjustments on some balls and where he ran some really good routes and, you know, scored a touchdown in that game thanks to Good route running, good field awareness, good body control, good verticality. So, you know, I think that all of those things are important. And, you know, thanks to good speed. Look, it's at an 8.8. .8. He is still really fast. It just doesn't, it doesn't sound as fast after the other guy that we talked about. But he is the second fastest one in this top five. Incredible wheels. Can turn up field very, very fast. And, you know, his elusiveness slash agility at an 8.6. There's one play. It's, I should not laugh. That's... My bad. Excuse me. I was wrong for that. But against Smoky Hill, he's running up the sideline, and he could just win if he sprints. But, you know, I don't know if he knew that, but he definitely, like, does, like, a high step move, like a little gallop, and the Smoky Hill defensive back freezes, and then CC just walks into the end zone. That's special. And, you know, that, like I said, that's a little bit of body control, too, to be going as fast as he was, and to pull off a move that looks seemingly so slow, but really maintain his speed. I mean, elusiveness, agility, speed, body control. That play exemplifies so much of it and just proves why he's so dangerous. And, you know, route running wise, there isn't a route that I don't think, you know, that I think he can't run. I think that he runs all the routes that you need to run. I think that he runs them very well. I think that, you know, screen wise, he's very, very dangerous. And, you know, we didn't even get to see him really do the most with the screen game. So I, I think that there's still so much potential here for CC. And, you know, that's even sitting at an 86.3. This feels like, honestly, just the surface here. And so, you know, obviously, Coach V, I overlap with you on, on the hand slash ball skills and on the body control here. And, you know, I agree with you on the blocking as well and, Look, I mean, all of your grades are basically at an average of like an 8.6. I mean, that's how math works, right? 86.3 overall grade for you. Anyways, he's a great prospect. At the end of the day, look, he's he's in that mid-80s and, um, you know, utilizes his frame, body, and just very intelligent. And, you know, like Coach V said, 
This is the second time a Cherry Creek receiver has been number one. And, you know, credit to both of the athletes individually, but it does help to have a former NFL receiver as your head coach who has, has been around the block as well. So just want to, you know, throw some throw some credit Dave Logan's way. But Coach V, let's talk about his commitment. Yes, let's do it. Um, well, he's committed to Stanford. You know, we didn't know this like a month ago, which is kind of good that we're recording this now. But he's committed to Stanford. Actually got to talk to him about his commitment at the TFG tryouts. Uh, obviously won't disclose a lot of that private uh, conversation there. But, you know, just to kind of hit all the basic points here, really loved this new coaching staff that Stanford's bringing in and whatnot and uh, love the culture and, you know, uh, love how they prioritized him. And so, you know, he really felt wanted by Stanford. And uh, first things first, look, anytime you get a chance to go to a school like Stanford for free because you're on an athletic scholarship and whatnot, that is huge because a Stanford degree is big time. You are basically set for life, and you don't even got to go pro. But he could still go pro. You feel me? Because he's going to be playing in the Pac-12. He's going to be playing the likes of Colorado, Oregon. I know USC and UCLA will eventually leave and whatnot. but um, Or at least I think they still are scheduled to leave. But you still got some very good programs that they'll be facing here. And so, honestly, I love this fit for him, man. I mean, personally, well... Personally, I love Stanford. If I had the athleticism or the IQ to do it, uh, I would commit there because of uh, all the great things that could happen for you, not just, you know, in college or after it. Um, well, not my bad, not just in college, but uh, definitely after it because you're going to be set for life. You're going to have a great degree. You know, you're going to have a lot of great connections with those alums. And uh, honestly, I love this fit, man. Uh, obviously, would have loved for him to stay here at Colorado. But I think by going to Stanford, I mean, you're going to be able to compete. I feel like just a little bit more easier for a starting spot sooner than later. Is that fair to say, Cody? And what do you think about what I just said there? Well, I now me personally wouldn't. Wouldn't be throwing myself under the bus saying if I had the IQ, I'd go to Stanford. But I agree that Stanford's an awesome school, both, you know, in I mean, it's got a it's got a rich history, I'd say football wise. There's very iconic moments at Stanford. And, you know, it sounds like they're trying to return to that and, you know, make it a destination for football as that's kind of, you know, been a little off and on in the past few years. So CC's excited to be a part of that. And, you know, with with everything he's got going for him, as well as, you know, with people transferring out and in and whatnot with the new coach, there's definitely going to be a lot of shuffling happening. And so there's got to be a lot of opportunity there as well. So, you know, I say just, you know, get, get those, uh, get those grades that you need to ish, you know, and, uh, get through those classes that you have to get through and, uh, get ready for a heck of a ride, honestly. Yeah, it should be great. Looking forward to watching a lot of Stanford football games, man. Uh, well, really just a lot of Pac-12 football games. The Pac-12 is going to be lit. It's going to be hype. Um, 
because we know a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of players playing on that level. But especially now, ooh, it's going to be real good. So real happy for him. Uh, great football player, man. Great person too. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there because I know we've thrown out personal anecdotes for a lot of these players that we've gone to build relationships with and whatnot. But I think we first really realized how kind of. Um, just how talented he was when we saw him at TFG tryouts last year when he was trying out for that team because he immediately stood out. Like, really, he didn't even have to stay there the whole day, um, but he had, like, two or three plays that were like, God, like, he's different. You know, him and BB and DeAndre Horn all were different right off the bat. You know, we knew that. And for him at his frame and size to be doing that as well, it's like, God, dude, man, this guy, he's hes a baller, man. He's someone that could, you know, make a run for the league. And well, now, you know, obviously one level at a time, but could definitely make a run uh, because of how special he was. So there's that as well. On top of that, also want to brag about how he did at this year's TFG tryouts. Obviously, uh, first off, huge shout out to Team Full Gorilla if you haven't done that already. Uh, we'll be coming out with an episode about those tryouts and a bunch of other tryouts later. But uh, anyways, obviously he wasn't trying out, but he was coaching and, you know, did get to overhear him coaching some of the receivers out there. And man, he was dropping some real great advice. So hopefully those receivers were taking that to heart and whatnot because he was he was doing his job out there. Like I was like man he he really like knows what he's talking about which i wouldn't have i mean not that i you know didn't expect that but you know he was like really going into depth and he had a real good way just talking to these kids too you know um some not everyone has that talent natural talent and so maybe someday he could be a excellent coach as well you know hopefully in the far future though but um yeah I mean, Cody, did you have anything else you wanted to add on to that? Personally, real good guy. You know, real good guy. Smart dude, for sure. I don't know if you mentioned this, but if you've been on the episode, you're invited for an interview. <laughs> uh, oops. Oh, but yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, we'd love to, <laughs> to have all of y'all on the show. And, you know, that uh, you just reminded me because, you know, that is a question that we like to ask is, are you interested in coaching in the future? And, you know, CC. He worked really well with with those athletes at at the tryouts, and so that was just awesome to see. And you know, that's another example of just great community. I know Cherry Creek does a very good job of getting out there and you know going to schools and stuff like that, and you know interacting with with some of the younger players as whatnot. I think that's what makes them such a strong program is the bond that is formed over the four years, you know, of classes from freshmen all the way to seniors. There's a lot of involvement up and down unilaterally there. And so, you know, that's part of CC's career. That's part of, you know, Blake Purchase's career from our edge rushers list, which if you haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and give that a listen as well as our other top fives. But, you know, I, I think that, you know, it, it does, it never hurts to just really recognize what is happening off the field and how important it is. But Coach V, that, I think that does it for our top five wide receivers, right? Of the class of 23? Yes, it does. A legendary group, probably greatest wide receiver group of all time at least right now um and yeah man i mean this was tough 
But, well, here, real quick, let me just go ahead and recap all the receivers uh, or our top five receivers. So at number five is Caden Lettuce out of Erie, the Southern Utah commit. At number four is Tucker Peterson, the legendary Roosevelt receiver. Uh, at number three is Trek Keyworth from up-and-coming Fossil Ridge. At number two is Brandon B.B. Hills from Vista Ridge here, the Washington State commit by the way, and another legendary receiver. And then at number one, we got Ishmael CC from Cherry Creek, the Stanford commit here. Um, yeah. One of the winningest receivers of all time. The, the winningest receiver. Well, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to put that out there, but I would say probably at least the top five or top 10 winning. At least tied in state championships. He does have four. <laughs> you can only win four in four years of high school. But I know so. they've also lost the game pretty much like one game every single year as well. I'm sure there's some receiver out there that's, you know, undefeated. No, not I don't know. I don't want to really scour the record books and look through that because that sounds like a lot of work. But uh, yeah, we'll just say he's the winningest receiver of all time. And if someone wants to challenge us, they could do the work there. But on top of that, plenty of great honorable mentions who have been offered to D1s who have set their own records um, that are theirs right now. You know, just a lot of great receivers to consider even for this group here. So, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah. Cody, what do you think about us calling it the greatest receiving group that Colorado has ever seen? Or class, I guess. I feel like some old heads are going to have something to say. But we'll be welcome right back to in my modern... day, I averaged 500 receiving yeah, yards a I... season. But... <laughs> oh, no. <That's> <laughs> but you know there's someone like, like, yeah. yeah I... they're going to be like, That's big time, time back it, then. It took... One time it took... Uh, eight players to tackle me it's like you can't we're not counting your season where you know all, all y'all ran were slants i like this this is versatility this is skill this is physicality this is physicality here out of all these receivers and so i am perfectly fine calling it that and i am just i'm so happy to to have seen it some boomer out there is probably like, I pulled a Greg Jennings and broke my leg on an 80-yard touchdown, but I ran <laughs> 80 in. yards on the touchdown <laughs> after I broke my leg. Anyways, yeah, you're right. Let's <laughs> let's just keep it going because this is already a long episode here. Uh, Cody, actually, do you want to close this episode? <laughs> Boy, if would I? Anything, uh, so. I don't think there's anything else, so yeah. Top five receivers, once again, in ascending order. Caden Lettuce, Tucker Peterson, Trek Keyworth, Brandon B.B. Hills, and Ishmael CC. And if you are following us on social media, you would be following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. TikTok is going to have little clips and little audio excerpts from this episode. So make sure to find us there at Playmakers Corner. On Twitter, we are at Playmaker Corner. And yeah, Instagram, Playmakers Corner, Facebook, Playmakers Corner. So make sure to follow us there for all of our latest updates and for when episodes come out. Or if you're listening to this, make sure to hit that subscribe button or that follow button, whichever it is for whichever kind of platform you use, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, or on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe so that you can 
get notifications for all of our latest episodes here. We still have plenty of top fives to go. We're going to be ramping it up with that. If you haven't already, make sure to listen to our top fives from our month of December. We also have other content coming out. You know, we've been fortunate to be invited out to 7 on 7 stuff. So we're making it out to those whenever we can. We're also going to be checking out, you know, some trainers and whatnot throughout this off season and, you know, gearing up for even more exciting content and whatnot for requests and, you know, the whole shebang there. So be sure to just stay tuned for plenty of content. And, you know, we're going to have, we're going to talk more talented players. I'm eyeballing specifically, you know, there's going to be, talented players at every spot don't get me wrong but the offensive tackles episode is going to be lit so definitely be sure to listen to our top fives before then up until then and past then one of our favorite series to do try and get these seniors a chance if you're a scout listening and if you have any extra questions make sure to you know just dm us and we'll get back to you but if i'm not missing anything else i've been one of your co-hosts cody stoffer and I'm Simon Royanos, a.k.a. Coach V, a.k.a. Greg Jennings II, Jr. <laughs> and peace. Peace.